go over uh, just kind of who you are for the people that might be new for you being here on this channel um, while I'm getting these links out. Cool. Um, I'm Doug Bateman. Uh, I, I've been involved with YouTube since pff, I was like 24 and I'm 37 now. So you can do the math there, like 06, something like that. Um, kind of done like, uh, you know, we, me and me and my buddy Bill, we made it pretty big on YouTube, uh, promoting TNA and talking about how the WWE sucks and lets their fans down and all that stuff. And then, uh, we just kind of, kind of let it go after a while. And then I've kind of kept up with it off and on. And now I'm just trying to build it back. I've kind of rebranded the page. It's called hit you with the real. Um, and it's just going to be basically my thoughts and opinions on wrestling, fighting, uh, movies, uh, TV shows, whatever I want to talk about uh, football, I'm a big Cowboys fan. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's going to be a little bit different, but I want to have people on like I, me and Steven have done this on my page before. So, uh, if you're interested in that, check it out as well. And, um, I'm pretty well versed in all things wrestling and MMA and me and Steven always have a good conversation. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny because I talk to you more often than I talk to like most people at this point. Cause like I'm always at home. So like, yeah, I'm just sitting there like either working on something or like just watching some bullshit on TV. And then I'll just get hit. <laughs> Doug would have hit me up with like, uh, you see this action figure? And I'm just like, shit. Like, <laughs> that's a whole rabbit hole that we're going to probably go down on the show, like, quite a bit. Me and me and yeah. Doug have become quite the avid collectors of, I mean, he yes. collects, like, freaking everything. I mainly collect wrestling yes. and, a, and a little bit of a, I've gotten my brothers into starting, my brother into starting lineups. So he collects starting, uh, um, autographed starting lineups now. He's got a little collection now. Okay. Um, Okay. So, uh, I had starting lineups. You know what I used to do with those? I used to take their heads off and put them on my GI Joes back in the day. So I was a customizer before it was, you know, cause who didn't want like a Barry Sanders action figure? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you but, still do that uh, shit. You like, I'll get messages from you where you're like Frankensteining all of your AEW figures. Well, not all of them, but like, like your, your, uh, well, the, what's, what's so great about the AEW figures is, is like, you literally can just pop off joints, like no problem. You can take off a torso and put it on another torso in like the WWE elites. You have to crack it. Like mm -hmm. you have to have tools and you have to crack it and you have to shave down things. And like, it's, it's not fun. Um, but with the way that they built them, and what's funny is, is I think they built it by accident like that. Like they did not mean it to be like that, but now it's perfect because can you imagine when there's like 300 figures of AEW out there and you can just take off a head and put it on another body and just like swap them out or put on a torso, put it on a different torso. Like you're, you're the, it's going to be in, like limitless. So I think it's just genius. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I'm pretty sure didn't Jeremy and like those guys that were doing interviews say it was a mistake to do that. Like they were like, oh yeah, we didn't even yeah. realize, but yeah, it's kind of worked out perfect. Um, oh yeah, dude. I mean, there's 
There's certain things that, like, the scale of Dustin drives me crazy. Hangman's feet, <laughs> I absolutely hate. You messaged me a lot about um, that. You're like, dude. <laughs> oh, like, I, there's got to be something done. There, there's a reason why they already are making another Hangman. They they botched that one bad. Um, but overall, like, there's some really killer figures. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I have, like... The wall next to me on this side is all, pretty much all AEW. It's, like, the one that I always take pictures of and I'm very proud of. And then over on this side is, like, just a bunch of random stuff. But, you know, I'm, like, still chipping away at the Just Toys Bendems because, like, I'm so close to, like, getting all of them that I'm, like, I might as well just keep yep. finding them here and there. Except there's, like... There's hey, like... listen, I like the fact that you're not just doing one thing. Like, it, it, that's collecting, man. You gotta get go all in on everything. This is... <laughs> that, like, on on this side, I have a Mandalorian figure. I have a Jerry the King Lawler. I have um, the Spider-Man figures from the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I have the Ghostbuster figures. I bought all four of the Plasma ones that are, like, made by Hasbro, so I can have the Ghostbusters. But I don't need the villains. I don't need all that stuff. I just want the four Ghostbusters, right? Just like I want the four Turtles, which I have. <laughs> um, the two Back to the Future figures. And, uh, yeah, and then I've just got figures that are already open that are just, like, chilling on my desk. The figures up top are absolutely ridiculous. Like, I've got to put all that under there. I don't know. The thing that stresses me out the most is just the real estate. Yeah. Like, that that's... That's the thing. It's like when you run out of room as a figure collector, it's the worst feeling in the world. Dude, last night I was sitting here in this exact chair. It's got a little massager on the back and I was just sitting here at like two, three in the morning, chilling, just staring at my AEW figs. And I was thinking like, okay, you know, the next series is coming out. We know who it is. And then we know who the next, we've yep. already bought those. And then there's going to be the next series after. And we already know the skulls for those. So I'm already like yep. figuring in my head, like, all right, I only have so much room. I'm gonna have to. So, uh -huh. so I'm gonna keep my series one on it on its own shelf as like just like the OG, like all the yeah. old like the Star Wars, like you know the first twelve that everyone always talks about. Like those are the for me those are the AW ones, boom. And then I've got it now where I'm like, okay, well I already have Pack and the Lucha Brothers from different series. I'll just put them together as Death Triangle in a little yep. spot over here. And now we got it, you know. And now I'm just figuring. Well, then, and then I have it all in my head, right, Doug? I'm like, I'm like, all right, like this is all gonna make sense. Then I was like, oh, but there's also the TNT Cody that's coming. I don't even. Now I've got to figure this into how this is gonna work because that's gonna have to be in like the center because that figure is incredible. And not only that, you've got the other Cody, yeah, right? Because you've ordered the ringside Cody. I have. And then you've got the other Cody that's coming out. And not only that, that comes with an extra head. And then you have the other. So now you have three heads of Cody that, that have no figures. There's going to be. And so, like, it's just, it just gets out of hand, you know? Awesome. Like, and then, you know, Jeremy was all, like, showing the Cody in a suit, which was just a joke. But, like, that's going to happen. Like, there will be Cody in a suit. And, like, it just... How many Cody's can you do? How many, you know, it just gets out you of here. The sad so, thing, though, for me is, like, because I want to collect, I want, at, th at this point, I've tried to collect all of them, right? But I've already talked to you, like, at some point, I'm going to, when people keep getting re-released in, like, their third and fourth figure, I probably won't, like, I'll go back at some point and try to get those to complete the set. 
But the problem for me though is like I do want every single Cody because like Cody is like yeah. my dude that like I want to collect for the most. So and of course he's getting the most figures. So every time a new Cody, right, I know exactly. I I, I picked the. I, w- I wish I was still as into Jericho because he's got like two of them in like a chase. It's like that's, that's... trust me, he'll he'll have more. Oh, sure. You know the one that he he needs the he needs one with the the spike jacket. Yeah, like I think that one. Like they they, they did like a ringside uh, uh, exclusive with like the spike jacket. I think that would be That'd really be dope. The little bit of the bubbly was real dope. The whole the whole thing. or the or the paint maker with the face paint and the whole nine there. Like I think that would be really cool yeah. too. Yeah, I agree. What were you saying before? I think I cut you off. Oh uh, no, I was. It's just. The 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 figures like what's kind of cool about AEW and even some of these WWE elites is like so many of these guys were indie stars that you never thought you were gonna get a legit figure of and so like that those are the ones that get me like if I see you know the the Johnny Gorgano's and the Champas and like those type of guys, I'll want those way more than the Roman Reigns and and all those. Like I want the guys that I thought I would never get. So like Kushida is supposed to have a figure coming out soon, and like I have to get it. Like New Japan, the whole nine. So there's certain guys like that that like I have to get. Um, so yeah, and you know they they do sell pretty well. So because at the end of the day, this is an adult hobby now this is not for kids they can say whatever they want but it's not and the way that adults play with toys is organization like that's that's really what it is they pose them to put on their shelf yep. and that's how they play with them yep. like that's true <laughs> you know i don't have wrestling matches and all this stuff i don't do the fig photography i don't i don't have the fig fed and actually like literally have matches and all but like I will pose these guys. I will put them the way that I want, and and I will constantly move them around. So yeah, I almost had a uh, a little fig fed match in here alone by myself last night. Um, I I was I was sitting there staring at my AEW figures, like I was saying, and I was looking around. I got a little collection of uh, BCAs like underneath my underneath my bendums, and I was looking I was looking yeah. at my little. A little Triple H, a little Ahmed Johnson sitting there, and I was like, I wonder what would happen if I picked both these guys up and started started playing around. And I didn't do it. Um, I didn't do it. But then I started thinking to myself, like, there are people out there. I mean, I I I could never. Have you ever actually listened to like Cardona doing his like like? Did you see the one where he set the guy on fire? No. Where he set Kane <laughs> I on have, fire? I or have not, I can't. I can't. I love those guys, oh, but dude. I can't, like... <laughs> I didn't watch, but they just showed that, like, a clip where Matt went too far. And he took, like, a, a freaking lighter and, like, the, the like something to spray. And he literally put Kane on fire. Oh, no. And everybody was like, oh, my God, what is he doing? Like, no, don't do that. So, like, yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm not that. I'm not that guy <laughs> at all. It's too funny. Um, and that's the problem too. I think like, like, and and we can talk about this, but like, does kayfabe need to have some type of relevance in it at all? Like, what do you mean? Uh, like, how can Matt Cardona and Brian Myers oh. be feuding 
on impact, but then be like, let's talk about weekly purchases and let's, let's, uh, you know, you were with me at my house this weekend and like, and Matt Cardona is talking about wanting to be the champion in impact. Like I can't buy that when all that stuff is going on. Like, I, I know that, what you, yeah, I know that, I know that yeah. you were in the, the fightful Twitch chat for at least a little while on Tuesday. Did you, we actually talked about this a little bit. Did you hear us talking about that at all? Cause I, yeah, I mean, I heard them basically say that kayfabe is dead. Yeah. And I, I just, I think it is, I think people understand it, but don't rub it in their face because like, I think a lot of people had a problem with Omega and Jericho after their match getting on talk is Jericho and just talking about how they did everything and all this stuff. Like people still wanted to feel like, you know, like we all know the gig is rigged, but like, don't just explain everything to us and insult us with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, and it's okay once it's over and it's been years, then you go back and revisit it. That's when it's fine. But like right after, like, ugh. Yeah, no, I You know, agree. like, like, what if Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens did a podcast right after Royal Rumble and was just like, dude, like, those stupid handcuffs, and, like, I, I'm, like, barely holding on, I'm exhausted, and I had to figure out a way to, like, make it not look stupid, and it's just like, you know, at some point, you can't give everything away. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. Like, they're vlogging during the shows and stuff, and, like, hang, like, it's, it's, it is strange. Like, kayfabe's definitely dead, but at the same time, like, I do agree. Because that is something I was saying as well, is, like, it's it's weird to even see Myers as a heel, to be honest. Because, you yeah. know, like, because you know what he's like. If you, if you follow the YouTube channel, I know not everyone follows that channel, but I feel like enough people follow that channel, especially in comparison to, like, not that many people really watch Impact if, like, we're being honest about it. So, like, oh, yeah. you know. Definitely. So, I bet you there's a lot of people watching Impact because of those guys. Because, like, you know, like, you know, there's probably people watching the, the major network. And then they're like, oh, I love these guys. Like, I haven't really been watching them wrestle, but I want to support them. And then they turn and in, tune into right. Impact Wrestling. And then Myers is, like, this dick. And just a minute ago, you saw him, like, buying Toy Story figures for his daughter or something. And you're like, you know. Right. Um, right. We did get a super chat though. I want to get to that before uh, we miss that. Yeah, go. Thank for you it. very much, Ahmed. Um, Ahmed's father actually passed away like a few days ago. He was on the stream um, in the chat. Oh, wow. So thank you very much, Ahmed, for the super chat. It was very, very generous of you. And uh, you know, I've been thinking about you and, and all that since you know you told me that the other day. Um, he says, first time seeing you, Doug. Good to have you on. Uh, up. Awesome. Opinions on Sting in AEW so far. Uh, he wants both of our opinions on that. So, okay. yeah, go uh, ahead. Real quick, though. Real quick, though. I just want to talk to him for a second because I've lost my dad. So I know what that's like. Um, you know, when my dad died, like, it it took a really long time, maybe like a month before, like, I really, like, uh, allowed myself to think that he's gone. So, like, you would go to the grocery store or something. You'd be like, oh, my dad would really like that. Let me, oh, yeah, he's gone. Like, it, it takes a while before that, like, registers. And I still think about my dad, like, every day. And honestly, I don't feel like I'm the same person. My dad's been gone for four years. And I don't feel as happy. And I don't feel as, like, 
the same type of person that I was before. It changed me kind of forever. I, the circle of life really was like put into perspective when my dad passed because it's like you just feel like you're not that far from going yourself. So I just want to tell him like that's how I went through, how I felt, how I still feel. It's normal. Um, and there's going to be good days and then there's just going to be like a song that'll come on and it'll remind you of your dad and you'll just be like, wow, you know, so just hang in there, man. And I know it's, it's brutal. And it, it's one of those things that like, it's okay to be sad about it for a long time because it just, it, 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 there's no blueprint on how to deal with it. So, um, about sting, uh, uh, I, so, I, I like that Sting is involved in the company. I think it's great to have him on promotional posters. I think it's great to have him in a video game, figures, all that good stuff. But I do think that um, – I think they use him too much. I think he, he shows up every week, and it's just to show up, right? And, and, and at some point, Team Taz shouldn't be afraid of him because he's never really hit them or done anything that's a real threat to them. So, like, I just kind of, like, you know, whatever. I am looking forward to see what they do in their cinematic match because I do think that Sting is a creative guy. I mean, he's come up with the Joker gimmick. He's come up with the Crow Sting and all that other stuff. So, I do think – and I think him and Darby are both creative, right? So, I do think a cinematic match with them could be very cool. Um, I liked that promo where they were kind of – in that like abandoned warehouse and sting like smash those windows out and stuff. Like, I hope that that's kind of the vibe, maybe even get some rain in there. Like the old, uh, Starcade or Star, uh, yeah. Starcade 97, like commercial vibe. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Um, I like his entrance to the snow. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, like I like him in the, in the company, but I do think he's kind of overused. Yeah. The snow reminds me, sorry, the snow reminds me of Glacier, so that's always cool. Um, <laughs> he makes it cool, though. Glacier ruins snow. Okay? Remember Glacier? I don't know how much, how close you were following WCW back then, but that was like, you know, I was a big WCW fan, like, over WWF up yep. until towards the end, and, like, at one point, Taz Hayashi bought Glacier's entrance on the show and started coming out with, like, the snow and stuff, and... Yeah. So I figure Sting probably bought it from Kaz Hayashi. But <laughs> but <laughs> Kaz Hayashi. Holy moly. But, right on. but no, so I'm so there's a few different ways I kind of feel about Sting, but in all honesty, like I really love what they're doing with him because this is like exactly the fantasy booking of what I was saying before Sting came in. I was always like, if Sting came into the company I want to see him and Darby Allen together. And like, that's actually yeah. what they're doing. So I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. be mad that like, they're actually just doing exactly what we all, something I love about AEW is they are, they're not just out there just swerving to swerve all the time. Like they have these long-term stories that make sense and they just do this. I mean, there's little swerves here and there, like, but it's like, I think we all saw Kenny Omega being the one to beat Moxley eventually. And the story made sense and it was all there. We didn't see the heel turn coming probably, but but, like, you know, 
there but like the, then there's all these stories like i feel like hangman will eventually beat omega i feel like the story is there i think it's going to take like another year before it happens but eventually i think hangman takes that belt from omega and if that happens like i'm happy like even that even though it's predictable like that's it's it you know when ftr came into the company it's like we know that it's going to be them and the young bucks we know that it, like yeah. and it's to- but it's like that's what we want to see like i'm glad they're doing it with and, yeah. and then the other thing with sting is there's a lot of people that don't want to see him wrestle again and i know this is going to be a cinematic match and like they'll have a lot of shortcuts for this one but yeah. i have no problem with sting wrestling another match or however many match like if edge can get cleared if dana bryan can get cleared if christian can get cleared if enough time has passed and he is healed yeah i'm told like because he doesn't want to go out as the guy who finally came to wwe got jobbed out. i mean not he lost to upper tier guys but like essentially got jobbed out in front of the wwe universe yeah. and got almost paralyzed in the ring in his last match and of course that of course yeah. that's what's like makes it weird to say like i want to see him wrestle again but he hasn't been in the ring for like five or six years or whatever and he might be he might be totally healed from that at this point so i'm fine with seeing him in there and trying to like go out on a different I don't want to see like the Undertaker situation where like he keeps chasing the dragon to get one more good match, but like let him in there, like let him have another. If if they can get Sting in there in a real match against Cody and a real match against Darby, and he and he and he yep. puts Darby over on the way out, like that's yep. that's the way to go. Well, see, and that's the thing is, I think the ultimate would be him and Darby, right? Because that they're they're going to build that relationship, and then eventually it'll be broken. And the great thing is, is Darby can take. All the bumps, yeah. all the bumps, and Sting will have a huge size advantage, so it'll be kind of the big man, small man match, and I, I think that they could pull it off. Um, I'm with you for the most part. I just, you know, sometimes these guys need a boss, which is Tony Khan, right? But like, sometimes they can't stop themselves, and we don't want an Undertaker situation where like. It's literally like watching that documentary. Like it's literally sad to just like that he can't let it go, and people are still concerned right now that he can't let it go. Right. Like, yeah, right now it's all good and it's cool, but like, um, at, at some point, like, it gets ugly because I remember. Taker mania guaranteed to be great, especially towards the end. Yeah. And then like that Roman match happened and it was like, Oh, this is I over. Was live at that. Like, I was alive at that one. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. And, and then it was like, Oh, he stayed too late. And then he kept wrestling. And then the Goldberg match happened Ugh. and it was like, God, dude, you're going to get killed in there. Like, this is bad. So, yeah, I, I don't want Sting to be in that position. But I, I do think that Sting, done right, you know, at the end of the day, AEW has four pay-per-views, right? I think Sting could wrestle those four pay-per-views. Sure. I think he does a cinematic match, and then these next uh, three after that, I think that you could find a way to get Sting on the card. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I mean, the Undertaker thing, I feel like, I feel like he isn't done. I really do. Like I, I, I think he's. I don't think he's gonna go out on the AJ. Th- I think the. I think the Boneyard thing was good, but like, I just really imagine. I mean, this is super unlikely, but like, 
imagine if Tony Khan just threw him a shit ton of money and was like, we'll do you and Sting. Like, like we'll do it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, the, the crazy thing about Tony Khan is he has the money. Like, people don't realize yep. when they talk about all this, like, he can't work with New Japan. He can't work with Impact. He can't work with Ring of Honor. He it's like he could probably buy all those companies. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like if you wanted, if you wanted to work with, he's got to convince. He's got to convince his dad that it's a worthy investment, and that that could be tough because his dad just doesn't understand to a certain extent. But um, it just sucks, man. Because it, before the pandemic, they were on such a high, and who knows where they would be at this point if the pandemic never hit. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like they were, because like you were talking about Hangman, I think Hangman's completely on hold until crowds are back. I just don't think that they want to go there until crowds are back. So, um, you know, people are like, wow, he's really falling off. I mean, I think I can't explain to you how over he was. When I think that, and I think that. the story is like him hitting his rock bottom before he like makes that yeah. climb. Like, I think they're trying to make him as low as possible. Like, right now right. like he just feels like a total loner doesn't want to nobody trade right now it feels like he's about to turn heel honestly but not like a heel as in like cocky with kenny omega heel but like i don't trust anyone i'm out i i'm all for myself like you know just almost could be psychotic like i think that that he could be like a guy that's just could break at any moment type and but I think when crowds come back, he snaps. He snaps out of it and becomes like babyface. Adam, we get cowboy shit. We get all that stuff going on, and then it's it's boom. You know, it it it's off to the races. Hell yeah. Um, we gotta. And it could be something too, where the point to like Adam is like kind of a heel, but then he meets even worse cocky Kenny Omega, who basically tells him that he's a nothing and a nobody. And then that kind of, like, sparks it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that, too. There's so much stuff they can do with all that. We got a couple of Super Chats and donations here. Um, cool. Ahmed with another Super Chat. Thank you so much, dude. Says, I agree. Uh, he is being used too much. I think he's talking about Sting. Uh, if Team if team yeah. Taz would jump Darby and he comes to hit and fight, it would be good. Uh, too right. Which is He's basically like saying, like... Sting needs to look like a threat. That's what I'm saying. Like, Sting can't just show up and then they just immediately run. Like, Sting has to show why they would be afraid of him. And it's not just because you got an old man in face paint with a baseball bat. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to hit them with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with what you are saying for sure. Um, I have seen, because I've even seen people on Twitter, like, they say pretty much the same thing where, like, they see Team Taz or they see someone or other and they're like, I bet you any second now, Sting's just going to come out and do nothing. And then, like, that'll be it again. Like, it's, like, the same. But I am really looking forward to seeing, like, the first time he, like, puts his hands on, like, Ricky Starks or something. Like, that's going to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Starks will sell the piss out of it. So, like, it'll it'll look great. Um, We had another uh, super chat from Kogan. Thank you, Kogan. <laughs> um, It says, hey, Doug, just throwing this out. If you were serious about a discussion on Star Wars sequels, I'm still up for it. Got to find time that got to find a time that works. So that's for you, Doug, to answer there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely up for it. Like, it it's a uh, it's a very hot debate. You know, let me just say this: like, 
you you watched um, Hogan when he was Mister America, right? Okay, so if Hulk Hogan, right, like if he was, uh, you know, you <clears throat> grew up with him as a kid, Hulkamania is running wild, the whole thing, right? And then he just like, okay, let's say after Yokozuna, right, when he won the title and then he lost at King of the Ring and it was over, Hulkamania was over, and he just went away, right, completely gone. And then he comes back as Mr. America. Would you be happy with that? Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's a total disaster. (laughs) It's a total disaster, right? It doesn't represent what he was. I mean, yeah, he represented, like, the American dream or whatever and all that. But, like, no, I didn't want to see that version. I want Hulkamania. I want Hulk Hogan. Sure. Well, that's what Star Wars did with Luke Skywalker. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so, like, you had a version that was just, like, a completely different version, and then when you meet old man Skywalker, he is the complete opposite of everything that he was from the other one. And then he 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 never really gets to redeem himself till the very end, but, like, that's not what fans wanted. And so I think that is what really steers the controversy, is how they treated Luke Skywalker. Really? Okay, see, I didn't know. Yeah. Of course, you know, Star Wars is not my wheelhouse. Um, I don't want to upset anybody. I tried. I tried recently on a couple on a couple movies, and it just wasn't for me. Sorry, I, dude, I tried. Uh, I tried uh, a couple of those Marvel movies. Also, they just it was just starting too slow, and I just couldn't. And they were like three hours long. Dude, oh, Steven, I, Steven, Steven! I wound up watching Fast and Furious instead. Oh, Steven, uh, Steven. <laughs> The payoff is unbelievable, though. Like, if it starts slow, just damn it. It's good. I promise. I mean, I believe you. I just have to. I mean, it's a real, it's a hurdle for me of, like, how long these things are before I'm like, all right, where is, like, why is, why is this so good? Like, it's got to show me why this is so good. Just... You know that Mania is six hours and you watch it. Like, and you know <laughs> that you're going to go through some torture. Yeah, of course. But you still watch it because you're waiting for the mid-card main event, the main event, and all that. It's the same thing. Yeah, I guess. Deal with the I guess. Except I'm invested in that stuff, but... Yeah. yeah. You could be the other way, too, <laughs> but it's okay. It's fine. Good. It's, it's fine. Good. Um, but thank you, Kogan, for the super chat. Uh, that's very much appreciated. Um... Well, yeah, what else is there? I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Oh, there's, there's, let's talk New Japan. Okay. So, what, what are your dream scenarios with New there's Japan? There's too many. I mean, the, the, the obvious one is Abushi and Omega title versus title. Like, that's, yep. that's yep. the match. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the story of that would be incredible. Yeah. If they really could pull it off, like, whoa. It'd be it'd be about betrayal and about like love and just like they could they could really pull something special. So I'm I am all for that one. It seems like to me though that this bullet club thing is 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 in the works. Like the fact I, I knew something was up when Omega wore the bullet club shirt at the TNA pay per view. Right. Because you, you can't do that. You cannot wear that. That's a New Japan property. And then 
you had um, Gallows have Bullet Club stuff on his tights. And so I was like, well, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Right? And then um, and then they did the two sweet thing, and it was like on AEW. And I was just like, man, like th- there's something in the works here. And I had heard that when that guy left in New Japan, like the door was open. Right. So I was thinking, so I was like, okay. And then, uh, man, when Kenta showed up, like that, that sealed the deal. Like I knew Moxley attacking Kenta was cool and all, but like that's happened before. We've seen Moxley in New Japan, but we've never seen them return the favor. And so when Kenta showed up, and then not only showed up, he's going to wrestle the next week. It's like, damn, okay. So they actually are cool with each other. So, and I think if there wasn't this pandemic and like travel issues and stuff, I think this thing could be freaking wild. Yeah, I think it's going to be incredible. I mean, they're just. Like, could you imagine an AEW New Japan show in Madison Square Garden like they did with ROH, but with AEW? Like, the draw would be huge. Yeah, yeah, that'd be freaking incredible. Um, And there's just so many options. I mean, it's like. Cause like I really want to see Minoru Suzuki in, in AEW. I just think that'd be just that'd just be wild to be able to see that. Who do you want to see him face though? Dude, like I don't care. I don't even care anyone. I put Kent Kingston. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, Good yeah. God! Like okay, um, yeah, King. I can see like Ishi and Kingston. Yeah, dude, Ishi, Ishi in, in AEW yeah. would be incredible. Uh, Ishii Ishi yeah. and Archer. I don't know if that ever happened in New Japan. That probably happened at some point in New Japan. It's probably probably in a G one or something. Yeah. I don't know. You know, if 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 our boy Shibata could ever get cleared, oof, oof, oh god, oof. no, that would be so be great. Greatest. Um, give me Shibata and Phoenix. Oh yeah, crap out of oh, each other. Oh, and then Osprey, like Osprey and AEW. <sighs> That's my dream. You know, Osprey is yeah. my guy. So. Osprey for Osprey uh, yeah. vs. Pack AEW. Yeah, they actually did that at RPW. It was okay. They didn't they didn't go all out like I thought they should. But um, it's weird though, right? Because like Pack Pack has had matches with Omega before, but nothing was as good as that Iron Man match. Like they killed it in that Iron Man match. So um, I I want Osprey and Omega yeah. because I think they're the best in the world. So that'd be great. Let's see it. You know, they wrestled once in PWG, like in 2015, 2016, something like that. And then they've had a couple of tag matches and they've all been good. So yeah, give me, give me Osprey Omega. Um, you know, give me God, we can go he'll all day. Remember, I think Takahashi and AEW would be huge. I, well, and like, could you imagine wrestle kingdoms? Like if you can go ahead and just add that in and have Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom and bring in other guys, like man, like the the sky is the limit on that. And it makes me wonder, like, would that open the door to the WWE? Because if you see all four companies working together and you're the only one that's not, like it has to at least make you think. Like, what if we just did this for, like, three months and just did it, you know? Like, I don't think necessarily that it, that, that will happen. I don't, because I, I, I don't trust Vince, but I think if Triple was around, I think it could happen. Like, if Triple was the head guy, I think it could well, happen. Remember, uh, 
he brought in Liger for NXT that one time. Yeah. I mean... So that's what I'm saying. I, I think that they would consider it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also think that they are concerned about AEW and they really don't want it to get bigger. So I think that that would be the biggest thing that they're concerned about. But, I mean, you want to talk about buzz. If Kenny Omega shows up on a Raw, like, you, you your company is going to be buzzing. Oh, yeah. I think... Uh... So... I really think we're gonna see Ring of Honor get involved too. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't. Like, I because I because I could. Do you think there's beef there? I mean, because they've never gone there, and Ring of Honor didn't seem too pleased about AEW. And like, I think the whole All In thing is a is a something they're upset about, right? Because Ring of Honor owns that footage. So to me, I think if you're gonna do it, like you've got to give AEW the rights to that footage. Yeah, I think they can figure it out though. I mean, because there was also supposedly all this heat on Omega and the Young Bucks when they left New Japan yeah. and all this stuff. I mean, and then once again, money's gonna settle a lot of that too. Tony Khan could drop in a fat wad of cash to Ring of Honor and be like, "Let's figure this out." You know what I mean? Like, but like, what 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 is in Ring of Honor well, that you see, want? That's the thing. Is like. So that and that's the question that a lot of people have with I think with AEW co-promoting with anybody like kind of I mean yep. New Japan's a little bit of a different scenario but I think New Japan and AEW are the closest to talent level equal that there is like I think them them with Impact is just a total like helping hand like, yeah that I don't think they get a big benefit from being with Impact but they do get the Good Brothers they do get Don Callis. Um, you know, it was cool to see Private Party be able to go on Impact. So, like, I think that, like, if they could use more AEW guys on Impact, that would help them huge. Well, I think that, honestly, the biggest the, the biggest plus for AEW, like, I think the biggest benefit for AEW working with Impact Wrestling is actually going to be when they start using their women. Because if they can get Jordan Grace and Gianna Perrazzo and, like, all those kind of women on AEW TV. Because, like, the AEW women's division is, like, the thing that everyone's always, like, this is the one thing that needs to catch up to the rest of the show is, is the women's division. When they have access to yeah. their to those, like, top-tier women from Impact, that's going to help the, That's yep. gonna help out the AEW women's division a ton. And then when it comes to Ring of Honor, it's the same kind of thing if you're considering, like, they... They could create a really... I mean, AEW would ultimately be helping out Ring of Honor way more than Ring of Honor would be helping out AEW. But what I think it also does is, like, for Ring of Honor, it could potentially... Like, they're, they're really building up this foundation stable right now with Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal, Tracy Williams, um, Rhett Titus. Like, all those guys who are, like, the pure wrestlers who are, like, trying to, like, uphold, like, this pure style. And I could, and okay. I could see them kind of being, like, a almost like a group that's like a part of this fight also. And then there's also Roosh as the champion who would like, he'd be great against anyone in AEW yeah. or any, or, or new Japan yeah. or anywhere. So they have a lot of good. They've got, they've got Bandito. They've got flip. Yep. Like, I think those are both Shane good. Taylor. Um, also like, 
Dude, if it's just a Briscoe showed up in mm-hmm. AEW, like that would be a moment just because that they are ROH. You know what I mean? And so like to see them in AEW would be really cool. Yeah. So like they have I think that, just like what you're saying, I think there are certain talents that I think would be awesome to see on AEW. And then on top of that cuz like we're also no one's even mentioning, you know, the National Wrestling Alliance, which there's obviously involvement there where they've been using Thunder Rosa and all that stuff. So like Yeah. So I think it also just provides more like, because another another complaint I've seen is like, well, AW only has you know x amount of hours a week. That you know, how many people could you really put on Dynamite every week if you have this many people? And then who starts getting overshadowed? But it gives AW that that spot also to like, you know, if we saw like Cody Rhodes wrestle on NWA Power, or like you saw um you know private party also over on ring of honor or something like that so it's like yeah. you could you could see you know what i mean they they can spread out everyone's talent amongst all the shows and you know who's on whose brand and stuff like that um not only that guys aren't getting a lot of work right so like if you could put them on other shows then that that helps them out too so yeah i mean it definitely it's just man that's a lot of egos oh my god it is and so it, it, and the way that I think that it has to be worked, in my opinion, is like you have to look at AEW as almost like the top dog. Yeah. So you can't go up to Tony Khan and be like, well, my guys are going over. Like, dude, we're already doing you a real solid here. So, like, this is not going to be this whole, you know, my guys do this and you guys do this crap. Like, it's going to have to be more like, Thanks for helping us out. We'll do what we need to do. And, you know, because a lot of people want Rick Swan and, and Omega yeah. champion versus champion. But, like, I just, there's no way Kenny can lose that match, right? And then it's like, if Kenny's champion on both, which, you know, that's kind of the rumor that could happen. Mm. Like, I just, I don't know about that. That seems too far. I, I think Omega's going to win the Impact title. I really do. Because he's already got... He's already got that triple A mega title. He's got the, I mean, he's yep. the belt collector. Like that's it. But dude, storyline wise, there's only one more title to go. Yeah. Get Japan. Oh, and, 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 and all this, he can go get all this. Yeah. Um, you know, and apparently what I've heard, the reason all this hasn't been involved, like Thunder Rosa has, this is just what I've heard. I don't know for sure, but I've heard he's not willing to do the jobs. So like, that's why they haven't used him. Um, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. So, and I mean, I, I don't think all this fits in AEW. I really don't. Like, I think that he's too traditional, and I and I I just don't really see. I he works with Cody, right? Because Cody, that's more Cody's base. But how many guys are like him? There's just not a lot. And like, dude, Magnus. Magnus over AJ Styles that era in Impact was awful, and like I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you, but when I at one point in my life I was working for AT and T in Nashville, like in like a retail store, and I yeah. randomly and once this is in Nashville, so like Impact headquartered there and all that, and and yeah, yeah, Dixie yeah. Carter's like assistant, she was like her like right hand person, was like a client of mine one day and I only knew this because like her, her email address was like something at like TNA wrestling.com or something like that. And I was like, 
do you work for Impact or, or TNA at the time? And we just wound up talking. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Dixie's publicist, basically. And I was like, oh, that's pretty crazy. And this was right around that time. And I was, like, asking her, like, just little things if she knew anything. And she would not stop talking about Magnus. It was like that's all they cared about was, like, pushing Magnus. It was like, Magnus is going to be the face of the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there like... Did you just want to give her a reality check and be like, you know, a lot of people don't like it. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, this is also like Hogan was still there. He had he was all he was just about to leave, I think, around this time. But I just remember her talking a lot about how awesome Magnus was and how awesome Hulk Hogan was, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh god, yeah. Um, but uh. Dude, I remember I went to a house show and Magnus was champion, right? And I met Magnus actually. Uh, he was kind of a prick. But he, he just he just didn't he didn't want to be there, you could tell. But uh anyways, uh they had like this is shortly after AJ had left, and they were selling like AJ merchandise on discount at the fan sh- a little area at the house show. And like all of it sold out. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wanted the AJ stuff. It was like the fans felt betrayed that they moved on from AJ. And it was like it was almost like a like like we we weren't in on the inside joke that like y- y'all don't really understand what you just did when you lost AJ. Like WCW just lost Sting. Like that's what happened there. Like what 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 are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um I just I I, I can't believe uh you know, you go back and you look at revisionist history on everything, and it's just like that was that was the moment. That was the moment that that TNA died is when AJ well, left. We knew that as it was happening too. It wasn't like yeah, you could feel <laughs> it. And, and and then, it, but it was like the Dixie stuff and AJ, and it was like, is this real? And like, does she really think that AJ is not what like he's not the company, and that that she they'll be just fine? And then it's like. We're going to be just fine with Magnus and EC3. Like, that's what we're doing now? Like, yeah. Yeah, they apparently offered him, like, less than what he had been making the entire time he was there. Like, And and let's let's talk about AJ for a second, because, like, lately I've been chopping up all matches. And, like, I want the video package, I want the match, and then I'll put it, like, in a thing. I've got, like, 200 or so, so far. Best quality I can find. And uh, I want to have, like, thousands. And then I'll just turn on my Apple TV and I can just pick a match. Because when you just pick a pay-per-view and you scroll through it, it takes forever and whatever. So, anyways, you go through AJ's library. And it is just the most ridiculous thing. And not just how great some of these matches are, but, like, how great of guys that he's wrestled. Oh, yeah. I mean, because by doing New Japan and Ring of Honor when he did it and TNA... And the WWE, I mean, it is the freaking who's who of the industry, you know? He doesn't have Shawn Michaels, and he doesn't have Hulk Hogan, or Stone Cold, but or The Rock, but, like, good God. He has Okada, and Tanahashi, and Ibushi, and, like, just everybody. Adam Cole, to Roderick Strong, to Chris Hero, to Joe, and Angle, and, I mean, it's just nuts scott steiner scott steiner like rhino and christian and i mean you name it sting 
Like it's it's just insane. Hurricane like, Helms, velocity. Yeah, the the legacy that that guy has left is crazy, and I don't think he gets enough credit for yeah, it. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I'd put him over Sean, like all time at this point for me, like personally. Like if if you yeah. consider, because there's certain guys like Sean Michaels. I, I I'd say like if I was talking just WWE, like best WWE performer of all time. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Like, but if you're but if you're yeah. looking at like because I think Jericho that's why I think Jericho is the best ever because like he's still doing it and like you can go to New Japan and do it in New Japan he can go anywhere and do it wherever even though he's getting older in age like it is pretty Steve Steve we're about to have to have that talk though uh, yeah no if I'm Dana and I watch a pay-per-view I'm like I think we need to talk it depends on how this MJF thing goes because if if it winds up being awesome like if this payoff between MJF and Jericho winds up being great you might you might be right back I mean so here's my thing though i personally think the real match is him and sammy oh yeah well i think that him and sammy are going to be the ones to like break like i think the inner circle is going to turn on them like i think i think jericho and sammy are going to be like aligned still after the inner circle flips see i kind of feel i kind of feel like that he's gonna that the inner circle is going to turn on sammy oh completely oh, like sammy's oh, getting kicked out yeah all of them and then and then they'll realize that MJF was really the issue. And I I can't decide if MJF is going to take over the inner circle and they're going to turn on Jericho. Like, there's different ways that they could go. But in my opinion, the biggest connection in the inner circle was Sammy and Jericho. Yeah. And I just feel like that, that Jericho also would want to try to get Sammy over as much as he could. And I think that that could be like a pay-per-view match is Jericho and Sammy. I agree. We got a couple uh super chats and donations here. I don't want to forget these here. We got another one from yeah. We got another one from Kogan uh says, "What's a match pairing you guys were disappointed by given the talents involved?" For me it was Eddie versus Angle and they never had the chemistry. Uh I hope that the, I hope I that they would have that. I hope that they would have um like Eddie and Ray or Angle and Benoit is kind of like his examples of like Eddie and Ray and Eddie and Benoit, but not Eddie and Angle for him. Do you have anything like that? First of all, I, I disagree. I respect your opinion, but like I think Eddie and Angle had some killer matches. WrestleMania 20, their SummerSlam match, they had some damn good matches on SmackDown. Like I'm definitely a fan of Eddie. And they Angle. did. Uh, they did really um, good stuff in that Battle Royal too. Like the one where um where like Eddie won the battle Royal to get to wrestle angle. I'm pretty sure yeah. that they were in the ring together during that too, because angle wasn't the champion yet. He like won the title. Oh no, sorry. Eddie, what Eddie hadn't won the title yet from Brock Lesnar. So Eddie and yeah. angle had some good stuff going before they wound up having the WrestleMania match and the, the title was involved anyway. Sorry. So one that I just will never get over is is Nakamura and AJ. Like I thought that it was just awful. At Mania. And, yeah. Yeah. And even then, even after that, they had those nut kicking matches where you would just keep kicking them in the balls. And like, I thought that that was going to be way better. Um, there's got to be others. What's yours? Um. Well, I think. I mean. You know, another one is uh, that I thought would be way better is, um, what was it, Pack and Hangman? I just didn't think that was as good as it should have been either. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, pairings, like, people, like, matches that I thought would be good that didn't really, didn't really live up to. I really don't know. 
Like, I'm trying to... I mean, the one that always comes to mind is, like, Goldberg versus Brock at, like, Mania. Because of, like... <laughs> but that was, like, so circumstantial. You should have known. Yeah. Well, no, but... But 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 to be fair, Goldberg versus Brock at Mania 33, I thought was great. Like, for, for what yeah. it was. Because they, they just let it be what it should have exactly. been. Exactly. Um... I don't know. I'll think about that more, though, Kogan. If I if another one comes to mind, I'll uh, during the show. I'll. They're definitely out there. I could think of some that that it, I got to think, but I I know that there's some where I was like, wow, that wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um. We had another series. Hogan Sting. Oh uh, well, yeah, that was with Starcade with the Bret uh, Bret Hart referee and all that. Best best buildup of all time, and just match sucked, dude. Yeah, like like you were saying and earlier, the goofy Sorry. the goofy finishes and all that. And you know, did you watch the Yokozuna documentary? Yeah, it's fantastic. It was great, right? But like, man, oh. there's something about <laughs> Hogan matches and the way that they book those things, dude. There's always something there. Dude, it was so funny because my, I had just been talking to my brother. Like, so my brother came over for the Royal Rumble, and he's not like a huge wrestler. He like fought, he, I've told you before he follows it enough because yeah. he's around me, but like doesn't watch it on his own. And as right. we were watching the rumble, for some reason I told him about how like Hulk Hogan beat Mr. Perfect in the Royal rumble. But like the, the, the story is like Mr. Perfect was always supposed to win that match. And Hogan basically called the audible, like to win the Royal rumble instead of Mr. Perfect. And I was telling him that, and then we wound up watching the Yokozuna documentary right after that. And he was like, and he yeah. was like, "Oh, Hogan did this to this guy also." And then I was like, "Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's it, there's there's always that goofy finish." But like, I, I mean, I love Hogan. Like, I'm not I'm not here to just destroy him. But there, the the Terry Balea man, there's definitely some shadiness to him. Like, there's no doubt about it. But like. I'm not. I, I was ecstatic when Hogan came in and beat Yokozuna for the title. So like, I can't, I can't crap all over it. But like, as a, as I know the business now, I understand <laughs> the the terrible goofiness booking of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then not only that, what I thought was even funnier was the King of the Ring, where they had like the the fireball out of the camera, oh, so he lost to Yokozuna. Not all about like, that. Like. Yeah, so like it wasn't just that. It was like Yokozuna couldn't just beat him clean. He had to like get a fireball in his face to lose. And then so. when he tried to throw the fireball at Ultimate Warrior and WCW. Warrior? Yeah. Cool. And those are two guys that, I mean, absolutely refused to job to each other. So, I mean, it's just a mess, those two. <laughs> um, another super chat from, uh, from Ahmed with a donation. Thank you very much, Ahmed. Um, he says, Not everyone watches Dark. And I don't see AEW fans watching other promotions too, unless they would take at least one minute footage from other shows and put it on Dynamite. Let's see, I'm not sure if I understand the, the what you're really saying here. I think he's just basically saying that like AEW's really not putting over the other companies either. When does AEW Dynamite plug in? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then. Nobody does watch Dark. A lot of people don't. Like, I'm not going to say nobody because there's clearly people, but, like, I, I couldn't tell you what goes on in Dark. Like, I don't I don't know any of Dark. So, um, he's just saying that if guys get work outside of AEW or on Dark, like, are people actually going to watch it? Yeah. I mean, that's a good 
And sometimes it's not even the worst, if, even if they don't watch it. Some of these guys just need experience. Sure. They just need to work with different workers and be on TV and, you know, all that. So even if they don't necessarily get to watch it, like, it's still um, it's still good for them to get the experience. Yeah, I think it's all, I think there's also something valuable to a degree about, like, how AEW keeps up with all their records. So, like, if you see someone on Dynamite and their record is, like, you know, 5 and 10 or something, but this is only, like, the second or third time you've seen them on Dynamite and they keep losing and you're like, how could they be 5 and 10? Maybe you have somewhere where you can, like, go look at Dark and be like, oh, these guys have been winning a couple matches on Dark. So, like, they're not total, complete jobbers. Like, there's, like, a kind of a right. way of... They are getting wins, just not against the top people. And that's totally fine. Like, you you need that totem pole of, like, the lower level, the mid-card, the upper guys. You know, it's like... So, it's almost kind of like WCW Saturday Night. Like, I'd see, like... I'd watch that show, and it'd be, like, the roadblock would be out there, like, getting a win. But, like, if you saw him on Nitro, like, the roadblock was getting jobbed out every time, you know? Right. So, like... Right. Um... Well, they'll sometimes be like, well, this has been happening on AEW Dark. And I'm like, oh, okay, I had no idea. Well, but it's kind of like being the... And they even got some guys called... They're like, AEW Dark Wrestler. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy, because yeah. you ain't getting called up. Yeah, I saw uh, Aaron Solo called that on Twitter the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like... AEW Dark Wrestler. Yeah. Um, Great. <laughs> um, it's kind of like being the elite, though, too, to a degree. Like, like n- not, uh, you know, being the elite might have, like, 100,000 viewers for an episode or something like that. Maybe 200,000. Like, yeah. But we're, we know Dynamite is doing, you know, 800,000, you know, stuff like that. Right. So there's also a big chunk of people. Like, like I... I watch being the elite and I cover it for fightful every weekend. So like I, I always watch the show. So it's like, I know that a lot of the stuff going on on dynamite is because of stuff going on and being the elite. But I know that most people aren't going to be seeing this stuff. So it's, is weird. So I, I haven't been watching. Is there any like serious storyline that they're going with? Or is it just a bunch of goofy nonsense right now? Um, I'd have to really because they always hit like 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 we're, we're the Kenny and Young Bucks or something. Is is that on being the elite where they're like a division or anything? So I haven't seen the newest one yet that dropped this Monday, but there's I mean there's a lot of stuff with like Matt Hardy and Private Party. Um, yeah, don't, don't care yeah, about There's that. a lot of stuff with like oh no, right now it's like it's it hasn't been good the last few weeks in my opinion. Like the show just yeah. Okay. Um, it's obviously, it's basically become, uh, being the dark order. Like it's, but, but this, this is my problem, right? If you had the Cody and Kenny storyline with the Abushi to golden lovers, breakup of bucks, the whole nine, yeah. and you had that on AEW, like, I think that's one of the best storylines in the last 10 years in the wrestling. Club is fine. Like, I, I loved that. And most of that was on being the elite. But, like, dude, it was so good. And they did it so well. Like, I feel like AEW needs a storyline like that. Yeah, that was super well done. Um, that was also pre-AEW, obviously. Yes. Um, Like, AEW didn't even exist. Yeah. But they were so over. Like, that's when ROH started selling 5000 seat arenas out and like 
that's when the Bullet Club shirts were going crazy and all that stuff. Like, Cody as a heel is phenomenal, and, like, it was it was just so good. And, like, Kenny and the Bucks would have constantly come so close to making up, and then there would be something that would pull them further apart, and, like, they just they just did it so well. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Throwback in the chat. What's up, man? He's a, a avid avid uh supporter of the of the show. Does uh, some of his own, awesome. does some of his own stuff himself. Check out his YouTube channel. Anyone here in the chat? Throwback twenty seven. Um, yeah, with uh with being the elite dude. At one point, it was so awesome that like I remember I was hanging out with a couple buddies on. It was New Year's Eve, you know, a few years ago, and I had to get to like a spot where I could hear my and look at my phone because I knew they were dropping that that New Year's Eve special for being the elite, and that was the one where they revealed the AEW logo and the double or nothing. Yep. And I was like, this is massive, like, and it's all yep. on being the elite at the time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But like their their last show in new japan and like the reflections on that and then like the storylines like when they would have the sad music and like when abushi uh shows up with kenny omega at the hotel to talk to the bucks like those type of cliffhangers were insane like it was so good yeah and i feel like they need more segments like that on dynamite like leave cliffhanger segments like that because the attitude era did that you know like you would see something that would there would be a, a match or whatever and then there'd be something that happens backstage and then boom gone and then we'll see you next week like stuff like that oh, yeah. like honestly like the kenta stuff right like you have kenta in the ring what the hell is going on and then you have the omega interview with uh where kenta and him are talking and then like they make a match and then it's like because let me tell you that dynamite card before they made that match was looking rough and i was like whew, okay because beach break was not very good we can talk about that the main event was good the women's match was good everything else to me was just like this ain't working. This this fell flat. So, I, I I think that that was a big moment to save it. Yeah, dude. I mean, that was there was nothing like back in the '90s when like pre-internet and stuff, when like Nitro would be ending and like the NWO would be in the ring just like beating the hell out of like somebody, and then it'd be like, oh my god, here comes the giant. The giant's coming out to save WCW. We'll see you next Monday. Yep. Just find out what yep. happened. That's and it's it. like you had to wait an entire week to find out what yep. happened at the end of the show. Um, yep. And, or Sting would come down from the rafters or just something or, you know, like it was just – and people are throwing crap all in the ring and the, the, it's just like total pandemonium. Like it just it just looked like just madness. Yeah. And, and then you're just like – okay, now I've got to go to bed for school tomorrow. <laughs> like, you're just all amped up. Yeah! It's all know? I can think about in school so, also. I'd just be sitting there at my desk like, I gotta know what happened yep. with Sting. Like, <laughs> well, and then you like, and then you're like talking to your buddies and, you know, and then there's that WWE fan that says that Shawn Michaels could kick Sting's ass and you're like, no, he couldn't. And then, you know, like, it's just... It's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was a wild yeah, time. Yeah, jabroni kids who would like, be making fun of like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but looking at a picture of Goldberg, like didn't know the difference. So I, I got another question. Um, 
What do you think NXT's future is? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think I think like the main the when I think about NXT, the first thing I think about is they should change the day that they're on. Like they should be a one hundred yeah Tuesday or Thursday, or, or you know, honestly, they should be on on Mondays. But I know that's not going to happen. But like, if, right. if that was the show on Monday, I'd watch every Monday again. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think they need to change the day of the week. I think. Like, you know, to be fair, AEW is the one who originally counter-programmed NXT, but then they re-counter-programmed it by going live for two hours at the exact same time. So they, right. but, but it also, but like NXT was solidified as the network and you didn't have to watch it live. Right. right. Like it was just like, okay, whatever. I'll just catch it when it's, you know, available. Like it was never something that you're like. I got to be there at seven o'clock to watch NXT. Like it was no, nothing like that. And then they made it that way. And, uh, here's my thing. If, if USA get, got NBC sports, right. And they're going to start having hockey and things like that. How do you justify NXT with like 500, 600,000 people on a Wednesday to still get that time slot? Yeah. That's, that's going to be a tough sell. That's why I feel like that either they could go back to the Peacock network where or, or the Peacock channel and be an exclusive on there to try to gain, you know, more subscribers for Peacock or they could sell another TV deal to NXT, you know, you could get the NXT brand this time and sell it to whoever and put it on that network. But I just don't see them staying on USA much longer. Yeah, I mean that's probably that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's something, I mean, I honestly, I don't pay attention really hardly to what's going on at NXT at all anymore, unless it's like a takeover is coming up and I watch all the takeovers. See, that's the thing though. Like we love Kyle yeah. O'Reilly. We love Adam Cole. We love the undisputed era. We love, we love a lot of those guys on there, but like, I don't give a crap. Like I don't watch it. I don't, you know, like you could, if, if someone told me something was excellent, then I'll check it out. But like, I I don't care. Yeah. And I I have people, I have friends that are like will swear up and down NXT is the best thing ever because they've never seen the Ring of Honor, never seen New Japan. They don't like AEW because it's not WWE. And so like they think NXT is the coolest thing ever because they've never felt that like indie vibe and seen that type of style of wrestling before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I thought NXT was, like, the greatest thing to happen in wrestling in, like, forever until AEW came around. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, this is, like, this is more of, basically, honestly, it's the same thing. AEW and and NXT are the same concept. They're both super indies. It's just one of them, you know, know, one of them is actually run by people within the WWE. That's another question. Should AEW start to become a a alternative to the WWE as a mainstream wrestling product instead of a super indie. I think they need to just keep doing exactly what they're doing and just keep growing more and more of an audience. I would be as, I think them being a super indie makes them different, different enough in comparison to like, cause I think they're filling the gaps for a lot of like why people don't like the WWE. You know what I mean? My, my only issue with it is the roster. I just feel like that there's way better guys out there that they could take than what they've got. And I I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the guys that they want to push and, and all that stuff. Like, 
if if Ethan Page is out there, if Ty is out there, if Tess is out there, like if you can get your roster to be way better and you're not doing it because you have Peter Avalon, like that's a problem. Yeah, I and I don't know how much of that's actually going on though either. To be fair, like I don't, you know, no, I don't know, I, and I don't think that Tony wants to let people go during a pandemic. Like I think that that's one of the biggest issues. But to me, a great boss is the guy that can cut ties and improve his roster, like if he needs to. And I and I feel like a lot of these guys don't belong on AEW. Yeah, I think that they need to can try to be more of. And those guys can go back to the indies or impact or whatever, and it will all fill out again. But right now, like, there's just a lot. Like, and this is the thing, is you needed these guys because it's a startup company, right? And you're just trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, all this stuff. At this point now, though, it's time to try to make your roster the best it can be and and focus on those guys. Yeah, I mean, it is. I guess it just kind of depends on who's available and who's working and who isn't, like, I think, like, uh, like for instance, I, I, I don't think Miro works at all. Like, I think he's cringe. I, I don't, like, and he's, like, supposed to be this big star from WWE that never got his shot in WWE, and the fans were, like, clamoring for it and all that stuff. I think he's been a complete flop in AEW. Um, yeah. You know, and... But, but here's my thing. Is it him or is it his character? Well, I also think at a certain point, I just have to be, like, kind of just look at what's in front of me and be, like, because there, I think there's certain guys, and there's a lot of people that work for the WWE that I, you know, I really think they dropped the ball with. Like the talent was there, and they totally dropped the ball. Oh, for sure. But I think they're. I, I mean, like look, look at Jay Uso, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a guy that you never would think could be in a main event program with Roman and all that, and it was great. Like they had great chemistry, great matches, like the whole nine. So how many Jay Usos are in there? You know what I mean? Sure, but but to the on the flip side though, like I think that they're they are right about certain people too. Like I think I think they were just I think they were just right about Rusev. I think they were just right about Jack Swagger. I think you know what I mean. I think there's certain guys that like they didn't get those big pushes because the talent just actually wasn't there. As much as you may have liked them as a fan, that that just wasn't like. But see, like a Jack Swagger, I think they booked really well. But I think Miro's a disaster. Yeah. Well, and. Honestly, what people don't talk about, and see, Kogan says he has to head out. Thank you for joining in the chat, Kogan. We appreciate that. Appreciate it, man. We'll we'll try to schedule something. <laughs> um, but that's the thing with uh, with the same with uh, with Rusev. Um. Oh yeah. So like on WWE TV, nobody. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Aiden English got Rusev over and like nobody talks about it it's like that that yeah. was the guy in the ring who created the whole Rusev Day thing and, right. and like everyone just forgets that you know I'm like what's this guy up to you know like sign, sign well, him and then this is this opens up a whole nother can of worms and, and 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 me and my buddy have talked about this as well it's like People go to wrestling shows now to have a party. Like, everything gets over. So something as silly as Rusev Day became over because it was, like, part of the party. You know, he came out, Rusev Day, Rusev Day, all this stuff. But is it because they loved him or is it because they loved chanting Rusev Day? Right. They loved chanting Rusev Day. Right. 
So it's like, what? How can how can companies tell? Right. Well, I'll say this: there was one great idea. There was a. It was um Jordan Pearl. Sorry, Joel Pearl was on my show the other day. Guy from Fightful, awesome guy. Did uh, been doing Twitch streams with him over at Fightful Gaming. He brought up an idea for Miro that I was like, okay, that could work. They should have Miro join Team Taz. That could work. Like you know. Yeah. You know, that, that's like, okay, this is the ass-kicking Bulgarian brute guy that we've been, I've been hearing about. Like, if he goes out there and starts kicking yeah, ass. I, I, I personally, I personally think the mistake that AEW made on him was letting him be himself. Well. He's a goofy video game guy that, like, just wants to have fun, and that's exactly what his character has been. Yeah, and I don't, and to be fair, I just don't think the whole, the whole pairing and presentation because it also doesn't help like when you're paired with kip sabian and kip sabian's and kip save and kip Terrible. sabian's thing is like on being the elite like his whole story is that uh leva bates beat him in a video game or sorry leva bates let him win a video game and like he can't his like ego can't handle that she let him win in a game like and it's like cool. you know it's like why would anyone uh, Penelope Ford is by far the most valuable of those three long term for AEW. Like, like, like yeah. you know, because she'll she looks like a star. Like, if she can even wrestle halfway okay, like she's gonna be fine. Like, like yeah. with with Saban, I, I think that I honestly think that Saban's career is gonna be more so of like her valet, if that makes sense. Like when she when like when like when <laughs> yeah. she becomes big, like he'll be like the one on the outside of the ring. Um, he's okay in the ring. It's just. The, the the character and and when and when they're like more they're paying more attention to playing arcade games than like what's going on in the ring when they're getting in fights with the best friends and stuff it just and this is sad because yep. I love Orange Cassidy Trent and Chuck Taylor like those are my guys like I love those dudes yeah. and even I don't right. like the storyline you know what I mean yeah well not only that how much time did we have like to build up this wedding angle. Like, what was it, five and months? Then, you, then they like, do the cake was, thing, which is, like, the most predictable. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. And, like, I just, I don't know. So, okay, you're you're good with them letting Miro go. Well, no, so I want to preface it, like, I'm not advocating anyone lose their job. Like, I'm not, you, I'm not, yes, I'm not going to yes, be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. But I'll say this, like, I do think there are better options for with with the screen time, I think yes. I think he could really benefit from New Japan. Yeah, if you went over there just kicked yeah. ass and like say it off the microphone, sure. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like you don't have to be on the microphone, and you can just have killer matches with great guys and get better. Yeah, and then it, and then not only that, you gain credibility with the fans. Yeah, because I, what is he? He's, he wrestled like maybe two, three times this whole time he's been there. See, speaking of speaking of someone like Ishii, like have Rusev and Ishii in New Japan. Like, Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Rusev and, that, and, that, and, and Suzuki. Bring over Suzuki and have him wrestle, or vice versa. Yeah, like right. that, those are the kind of things. Yeah, for sure. That's what he needs. He needs something like that. And I just don't see that in AEW. And like Sean Spears, like, come You've on. You've been saying that since it's day over. one, though. It, it's over. And, and, but they know it. They just don't want to say it. Like, and that's that's what makes me nervous about the company is like, you gotta be you gotta be willing to hurt people's feelings. You just got to. You got to run a successful company. You gotta just be like, yeah, it's not working out. You know, sorry, it just it's not. So, um, that that's my biggest thing. 
Yeah. I want your boy Janela gone. I just I love, there's I love, no I love Joey Janela. I love him. He, he 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 can he can ride off in the sunset in GCW and do whatever <laughs> he wants. That's where he belongs. Oh, I disagree. Um, I you know I disagree with like, him. I'm a Janela guy. I like him. I just I I just don't see the benefit in AEW. Like I I I just think that he's he's not a TV type guy. Maybe maybe Impact, but man, I just I I'm not seeing it in AEW. I cannot wait um, as an action figure. Oh God! Wait. I'll probably get it. Though. I'll probably <laughs> yeah, get it. Because the thing is, is I respect him for being the indie guy that he is. I just and, and this is where I think AEW needs to draw that line. They need to just be like, yeah, you're not. Yeah, like Warhorse, for example, love right? It. Like Tony gave him it. a shot. I love Warhorse, though. but Tony gave him a shot, and he wasn't a fan. So, like, I, I, I think we need more of that. We do not need the Pineapple Pete in AEW. We need more of like the the legit guys, and I think that that would help them a lot. Have you seen any of uh, you know, Suge D, Pineapple Pete? Have you seen any of his stuff lately? Like since he's left AEW. By chance, no. He's uh, no. he's actually doing a pretty good character out there right now. He's basically playing the guy who's like really, really pissed off that that's what he had to be in AEW. Um, okay. So like yeah, that. um, he's he actually had a really good match with Anthony Henry at Action Wrestling uh, like last month. Um, and speaking of Anthony Henry and JD Drake, the Work Horseman, um, I'm not gonna say anything like specific, but like there's some serious interest right now with some pretty big companies on those two guys. So, yeah. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, listen, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not here to say they're not good. I just, I just think that we have to, I, I just think if AEW is the top tier in pro wrestling with WWE, then you've got to draw the line somewhere. I get what you're saying. I just think that our lines are a little bit different is all. I, I agree. Yeah. Because I think you're more of an indie yeah. fan than I am. I, I think that uh, there's certain guys that are unbelievable, and I would totally welcome with open arms from the indies. But a lot of them, I just think that, you know, and this is a thing, too, that, that, that that's kind of at a crossroads, right, is really the best wrestlers in the world were indies. Like, in the 2016 time, like, the best wrestlers in the world were all in the yeah. indies. And now that AEW has come along and, and others, like, those guys have been signed. The indies are now kind of being what they were before the best wrestlers in the world invaded it, basically. So now it's just more like there's a certain level on the indies that aren't good enough to be on the mainstream. And I think that that's where we're kind of at. Well, now. that that's, that's kind of how I was how I felt to it. Well, so our views are going to be a little different because I'm like, I'm watching a lot of these guys from like something like I saw Warhorse before he was Warhorse, like, like right out of training with Michael Elgin and like the whole, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, so yeah, yeah. I'm so, I, you know, like for instance, Kurt Stallion, like he's wrestling on NXT right now and 205 live and like the cruiserweight title mix. He was like the first ever champion at SUP in Nashville. And it's like seeing him on 205 live, like so I'm always going to be I'm always going to have like a kind of a different perspective on some of these guys but but yeah. like I it's it's strange because when AEW started they did take a chunk of like the best people available from the indies and that's you know, a big part of what AEW was and and NXT rated the indies yes. like that's 
That's so. What after that? It's you had the leftover. But like, and a lot of people were worried about the indies because of that. But yep. but to be fair, like the the next group did rise. Like they're they do still have really good talent, and they're still putting on really good shows. Yep. And but now what's happening is those people. I, that's what the real test I think is going to be soon is like the Blake Christians, Ben Carter's. Um, Tony yep. Deppins, uh, Alex Zanes, like all these kind of guys that like when they're gone, the, the next group in the next group, they have, there is some incredible, like they're, they're people ready to take those spots, but those people didn't have, it, it's the, t- it's just moving so much faster now. Be- 100% because the door was not allowed to be open. Right. So you would have these guys be the best for like five, six, seven years. And now it's like two, three years, and, and it's and yeah. and no, they were stars. Yeah, like NXT didn't create stars; they bought stars. AEW mm-hmm. didn't create stars on a lot of them; they bought stars. The guys they did create were already somewhat in the indies already. But like, I give them full credit mostly for Sammy, for MJF for Jungle Boy and for Darby. And I've known them from the indies, but like they they took the next level <clears throat> in AEW. So just almost like with TNA, right? Like Joe Daniels and AJ, they cut their teeth in Ring of Honor and all that, but like I didn't notice them until TNA. So that's kind of how I feel the same way with those guys. Yeah. But the the level of like how good these guys were that just weren't allowed to be in the WWE is a, is a totally different level than what now is out there. And I'm not talking about talent necessarily, but just like star wise, like these guys were huge. Kevin Steen was a huge name before going into NXT. Yeah. That's, that's honestly why, I mean, I know the the physique and stuff was part of the the whole thing, but like I was always shocked that Chris Hero was never bigger in the WWE, like because he was so big on the yeah. Indies for so long, and he's worked with all those yeah. guys, and he has the respect of everybody. And like I was always shocked. If you if you would have got his call up when they were like the kings of wrestling in their yeah. prime, and they just put him right on Raw. Like, no NXT, no nothing. He went straight to Raw. Like, I think he could have been champion. Well, and CM Punk wanted him instead of Roman in the Shield. And, like, Roman got the nod instead. And, like, it just... That could have been a completely different... I mean, you look at Roman. Roman is everything that... I, like, I, I, I've said this over and over again, but the moment I saw Roman, I knew he was the guy. Yeah. Like, I just knew it. Like, he's everything that they would want. Yeah. Uh, we have... So oh, sorry, we had another super chat. Ahead. I don't want to miss out about from 15 minutes ago. Ahmed, if you're still in there, uh, thank you for another super chat. This guy's in here killing it. Like the last few streams, Ahmed just in here just thank you, very, very, very generous. Ahmed, Ahmed you can come to my page next time and <laughs> we can do this. Yeah, um, yeah, Ahmed, you you freaking rule, dude. Um, it says, do you think Vince likes NXT? Aside from his poor choices sometimes, but I like. I like Vince and how great he is with many. We hear more negative than positive about the guy. And, and yes, NXT must move to another night. So we all agree that NXT needs to move to another night. Um, do you think... I mean, I, I don't think Vince really knows much about what's going on in NXT, to be honest. So does that mean he likes it then? Because I don't think he does. Well, I just don't think he... 
I think he's probably pretty indifferent about it. It's, it's like, it, it's almost, I mean, it, I don't want to compare the two, but it's almost like Dixie Carter's parents buying her Impact Wrestling. It's like Vince gave Triple H his thing to play with. Like, he doesn't... I think I think he views it as an indie. Like, he's not going to watch it. And then when he gets the call up that he's being told that these guys are good, then he watches them on Raw, and then he thinks they suck. And then he's just like, nah, we'll just do this with them. And I think that's been the disconnect. Because if Triple H was running Raw or SmackDown, there's no way these guys would just get pushed down to the bottom. Right. And that's what everyone's waiting for ultimately, right? Is like for Triple H to take over the mainstream product. And I, 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 I'm, I'm concerned about WWE's future with Vince because I could just see him selling out to a corporation. Yeah. I could. I could see him just selling it to Fox or something and then just somebody that just doesn't really care about wrestling takes over and it's just a disaster. But if if he really does just, you know, give it to Triple, then we're, it's in good hands. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. would be interesting too is like Sean and Triple basically run NXT, mm-hmm. and it's like, what if Sean and Triple ran the WWE? Like DX yeah. runs the WWE. Yeah, the whole click. You yeah. bring back uh, yeah. Waltman. I think Waltman's doing some stuff with NXT here and there, and like I don't know what the hell Scott Hall's up to. I think he like disappeared from social media and stuff, um, which is probably a very bad thing. Yeah, who knows what's going on with him? I mean, hopefully nothing. I mean, knowing his history, hopefully it's nothing serious. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like the. Something like this pandemic is awful for Scott. Yeah, Hall. having to stay at home with his thoughts. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Awful. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just funny because there's probably also people that Triple H has in NXT that he probably purposely keeps away from Vince knowing about because like. Well, don't you don't you think there's something going on? Because okay, for one thing, I've heard that Shawn Michaels loves Gorgano and Ciampa, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, don't you think there's a reason why he still like holds on to them? Well, I think that's also probably partly them too. I would think that no, definitely, yeah. definitely. But like, like, and by the way, by the, like by the it way, seems like these main. So yeah. I was gonna say I'm, on them too. I mean, from like they don't want, they they want to stay in NXT. Not that they're like not good. Yeah, enough. no, I yeah, know exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're okay. saying. It's just like Finn going back to NXT, and that's where he wants right, to be. Right. But like, I feel like now that there is more of a holding on to certain guys than there was before like someone like a gorgano at this point would have been called up he's been there for a very long time and he's kills it but like they know what his future would yeah. be he would he would be buried on the main roster 205 yeah you'd be 205 like that it's just so like and, and like to me like i am shocked adam cole has not got called up yet yeah, I think that's another one. Like, I think that's part... Because, like, the, they brought him up that one time when you beat Daniel Bryan. Like, whenever, like, you yeah. know, the, they needed the NXT people for SmackDown. And, right. And, you know, there's, like, the whole that whole famous thing with the road dog talking about how if he had Karrion Cross's size, Adam Cole would already be the Universal, Universal Champion and all that stuff. Um, right. I think, I mean, so that on one hand, I'm like really happy that he is still in NXT and it's because yeah. if that's what his future is, if that's how they already view the guy, um, 
And then there's I mean, like look 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 at Alistair Black. Yeah. Look at Andrade. Like these guys were killing it in NXT. Yeah. And now it's like and this is my thing. If if you're not gonna use them, put them on NXT if you want to compete with AEW. Because if NXT still had Ricochet and uh, Alistair Black and, and guys like that, like, dude, you would definitely gain more attention. Like, I, I, I just don't understand. And I think it hurts NXT in the long run because everybody knows the, the end game is calling these guys up and then they're going to get squashed. So you just lose faith in the company. It's very true. Like... Like even someone like Keith Lee, like I don't, I don't really follow Raw yeah. too closely, but like it seems like they, like he's already just like a non-factor, like just another guy, like Riddle, Riddle, like it's just if you had all those guys on NXT, now we're cooking with grease against AEW, man. Like now you could really put up a fight, but right now, like nope, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, oh yeah, speaking of uh, since we were talking about WWE, I can put this up real quick. We were talking about action figures earlier. Um, yeah, let's do. I want to see these. There's some. There's some. There's some bangers in there, man. So I had not seen these yet. Doug sent me the link right before we went live, um, and he was like, "Hey, don't look at these. Like, give me like honest opinions." Wait, there's 165 so, pictures. Uh, just no. Just just keep scrolling. It's not that okay. bad. So scroll through most of the basics. These are just basics, which means the articulation is garbage. Um, The head sculpt on Jeff Hardy is really good, though. There is a new Austin Theory. That's a Finn. I think the head sculpt is trash. It's supposed to be like angry Finn, but I don't like it. The Austin, those are the the new... um, I I called them War Machines back in the day. I don't know what the hell their names are now. Viking Raiders now. That that's like yeah. that's one of the only teams where I was like when they changed their name I was like I'm okay with this. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of that Austin theory? I think that's a really yeah, good looks, one. If they made an elite out of that, like I would I would probably yeah. Get it looks, it. I mean, it looks just like him. Yeah. When does it get to the elites? How how? Well, usually they get their basic first and then they get an elite. So it, it sucks though because then you end up buying the basic and then you the basic is trash once you get the elite so a lot of people don't buy basics yeah just they don't but there's also a point to where guys are not good enough to get an elite in their eyes so that's the that's the new bray elite they have a basic of him but this is the actual elite of him of his face for those, for those of you watching like usually you can, like, the way i always tell is like with the torso you can see like the di- the difference yep. there and like the uh the way they can bend and stuff like that that's that's an elite versus the, the legs the legs the the joints and stuff there's way more articulation in the elites there you go the aw figures are like super elites like that orange castle. so there's there's cross oh, yeah that looks good I gotta get that one. There's his elite. Oh, is that the is that his? Oh, that is his elite. Okay, cool. That whole thing was. Yeah, this okay. is his elite. So now we're in elites. Oh, so this yeah. is gonna be the elite series. Yeah, he's this guy. This is like the probably the top guy right now as far as like people who like once Vince like realizes he's there, like Vince is gonna take him from NXT so fast. Yeah, for sure. Alistair. This look at look at that hoodie thing. That thing is badass. <laughs> that was just that's, that's, look at that's that. wild. 
and they nail his tattoos and everything like it's a it's a great elite figure for those of you who are listening to the uh the audio version of this like after the fact just check out i put the i always put the youtube links in the uh the audio description if y'all want to see like the figures we're talking about on youtube yeah it looks just that's that zowers for blacks look just like him who all who got net what is it reset on alistair black what we what we got next oh here we go i don't give a damn Elizabeth morgan <laughs> um i mean it looks like some good uh soft goods there on the on the jacket yeah definitely soft goods jacket i am interested in that eo shirai um look, look at recently. that that comma the fighting machine yeah the godfather that's but it comes with the chains and everything oh, man. man like that is that's dope. so random i mean it's cool that they're, they're making that that's such a random person to like be coming out but that's what they do that's what they do they figure out guys that have never had a, a an elite or a mattel figure and then they just bring them out that is tight that's why you never know and this mm. is dope too this is the the last boneyard. uh the yeah the boneyard match yeah that's nice this is a rabbit hole. I just do not want to have to jump that You're into. like, Doug, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Becky looks kind of weird, her face. Yeah, she's got like the pucker face. Oh, that, look. looks, that like, looks a little more like her, though, close up, though. But And then she comes with the money in the bank briefcase, too. Yeah. The best of the, the fans. There, they'll, be, they'll be collectors, too, that like if there's no accessory. So that's going to be the series right there. That Like if you ordered on ringside, you would get that. Where's Kama? he's not on there so it means he's probably an exclusive oh, okay so somewhere else this looks badass okay. this is the edge ultimate edition oh yeah so you can you can put either arms so you don't have to have you can do the jacket or you can take the jacket off with the arms and have both and there's a different head sculpt wow see so like you have separate arms and then the hands wow yeah, that edge looks... I might have to get this edge. See, look at that. Ooh. Like, And then this Macho Man is dope as okay, hell, too. Yeah. Man. I still haven't taken the dive on it. Because, like, my thing is... I gotta get Undisputed Era. I have a couple random ones. Like, I have that Cody... on, Like, the Undashing Cody Elite. I've got a Samoa Joe Elite. Um, a Dean Malenko Elite. Just, like, some random ones. But... Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's one that I need. To, I need to get that Ultimate Warrior uh, that you got. I really want that still. This raw. Uh, oh, the classic. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the from the, the speech from, well, before he. Died. Yeah, the last the last speech. Yeah, this Macho Man. That Macho's dope too. Like the hat, and the <laughs> the soft goods jacket. That looks like WCW era. Yeah. With the green, the big green hat. And this is a two pack, and that Triple H is already like an Ultimate Edition that I have, but that Jeff Hardy is dope. Yeah, that's uh. And then it comes with that old school Hardy's jersey. Yeah, is he wearing like the? He's wearing like the the fishnet uh, things on his yep. arms. Yep. Um, give me just a second, Doug. Just want uh, my yeah, my no brother's uh, calling me. Just want to hear what he's got to say. No, that's all good. Hey, hey, what's up, man? I'm I'm live on stream right now. Um, uh, fairly soon. What are you off work? Uh, yeah. Let me uh, probably I don't know, Doug. How much long you want to go? Like another hour or so? 
Yeah, that's why we'll go another hour. So if you want to like go home and shower and like if you can grab some food or something. Um, do you want to? I mean, you can just head over if like you know what you want to grab. Because then if it's gonna take you like a minute anyway to like grab anything or you know whatever you got to do. All right, cool. I'll just see you when you get here. All right, see. You. Sorry about that, y'all. Um. My brother's coming over for UFC tonight, so we're going to get some food going. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Over him. Oh, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. That's, that'll be the last thing we talk about before we get out of here. Um, cool. These, uh, these figures look sick, though. This is, like, the Jeff Hardy from, like, back when, like, the uh, the No Mercy game was big on the 64. That's, like, the hair they use and everything. The... Yep. I, re I, re I remember. I remember. We've been around for a long freaking time, Doug. <laughs> Yeah, we have. It's like even if you weren't around, you still have watched enough wrestling to know the past as well. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's like I didn't watch a lot of Superstar Billy Graham, but like I know Superstar Billy Graham. You know what I mean? It's kind of an odd, odd face on Gorgano. Yeah, I like the uh, Wolverine look though. Yeah, if I was into superheroes, I would probably like that also. It looks cool. Um, who else we got? Christian. It was great to see him come back. He looked to be in pretty damn good shape. Yeah, I, and I need that Christian. I have no Christian elite, and I don't really want the brood elite. I want that one. Oh, they have so absolutely. They have. Have they made all three of the brood though? They have made Edge and Christian. So Gangrel's got to be coming. Yeah, probably. Oh, this is dope with the cane mask. No way. I remember that story. Yeah. No way. The Xbox Tory Christmas story. Um. Oh yeah, that's right. That's this is back from when. Yeah, he was in the end of. Oh my god, I might have to get this. I remember this. I love Xbox. I like that updated head head sculpt too because the ones that they've had have not been very good, but that one's pretty damn good. Uh, of uh, of Waltman. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like half stoned. Not not full stoned. Yeah. Um Trust me, some of the other ones they've had have not been very good, so they, they definitely improved that one. Okay, so old school. Yeah, I see champion era. Okay, I remember him having some good matches with R V D back in that time. Christian. Yes. Man. That's it. I think this is just toy belts after that. I so. mean, I'm impressed. Yeah, like they, dude, they have some some killer figures. See, my to me, like I've got to get Cross. I've got to get Christian. I really want that Edge and Macho because the I, the Ultimate Editions are awesome. Um, and then uh, I'll see about the rest. I like that Gargano. It would be nice for my NXT shelf because I have the one that's him and Venom. Um, so yeah, I'll probably get the Gargano. I'll pass on the Orton. Um, but yeah, I don't know about X-Pac, maybe. I like the X-Pac a lot, but I'm also like, I'm, I'm just, I'm a fan of his. I could put him more in my WCW shelf, even though that's WWE, but I, I could put him in my WCW section. But yeah, there's some, there's some damn good ones in there. Yeah. It just gets really scary when I start, like, justifying these things. Because now I'm like, 
Okay, well, I mean, if I did like a Hall of Fame shelf, then I in like the yeah. end, like the NWO <laughs> with Waltman's about to be going into the Hall of Fame. So if I just got like a Nash right. and a Hogan and a well, then you can't get Edge without Christian, and then it just you you just it gets out of hand. Yeah. yeah. But like there's these values are crazy though, man. Like Champa and Gargano are like eighty bucks now, and I have both of them. And uh, you know you just never know what's gonna take off, dude. Like with AEW figures, I saw that some brandies were surface for were surfacing at some targets lately. Damn it! I know. So uh, <laughs> I want that value to stay. Well, I mean, mine's already out of the. I I seriously think if they don't release re-release series one. I think Series 1 is going to be worth a lot of money. Yeah. I let all those breathe, though. Did you also? I did, too. I did, too. I should have bought another set without, but that that just takes up so much space. That's that's one of the main reasons I let them breathe. I mean, one, I want to pose them, and then what's the point of accessories if you can't use any of them or anything? So I definitely want to let them breathe, but... Man, some of the value of these figures are crazy. It's pretty funny because, like, for Christmas, every night, like, I'll ask for, like, just random, like, there'll be some sort of, like, vintage. Like, for instance, I, I needed a few, I say needed, um, I, I collect those, uh, those WCW, those vibrators, like those big, you know, WCW vibrating <laughs> figures with the little red thing on the side. And, yeah, and yeah. like, I can't remember how expensive the one was. It was, like, a like a Kevin Sullivan or something. And like, and it was like, uh, you know, probably cost 40, 50 bucks or whatever. And initially when it came out, it was probably like $5. And I'm like, they're like on Christmas day, like opening this stuff. And like the people I'm opening this stuff around probably figured at the time, like, Oh, it's like vintage. You'll keep it in the box. And I'm just letting this stuff breathe right in front of them. Just popping stuff open from like 1997. Just pop, pop, pop. All right. This is going on my shelf. Like, whoa, what? Yep. I thought that was going to be in the box. Um, yep. But, uh... It's like, hey, I bought it. It's mine. <laughs> I can do what I want with it. I mean, but that's the thing, man. You got to be able to display them. The, the only ones I haven't let breathe are the Blood Brothers. Those are the only AEW ones I've still got in the box. Because you can display them really yeah, nice. I, I don't think I'm going to get those. Like, I, like I said, I had them with that one guy, and he fell through. But, like, I just... I, I don't want it. I don't want eight Cody's in my in my collection. I just I can't do it. So I I will uh, I'll probably get I, I I did get the Cody or the ringside and I got Cody um uh the the series five. But like that's probably it for me, man. And then what I'll probably do is I'll make like a ROH New Japan type shelf, and I will put Cody in that. There you go. Well, yeah. But. Mr. Mr. Rhodes, you are wearing out your welcome, sir. <laughs> Too many. Well, and what me and Doug have talked about doing before for anyone listening is the, like, if we can figure out the day, it's just Jeremy is always usually so, like, kind of last minute on letting people know when stuff's going to happen. Just stuff just kind of starts popping up. Yeah, um, Joe, he's very random. But we want to do a thing where... Like, the last time that the AEW, like, when they revealed, like, the Santana, Ortiz, all that stuff, what they were going to look like going out shipped, like, what the figures looked like, me and Doug were sitting there marking out in Twitter DMs for, like, hours, just like, oh, you see you see what this, oh, wait, Matt Hardy comes with the drone? Well, what he would do is he would put, like, one picture, right, and that's it, and you're like, oh, that's cool, and then ringside would show it in the packaging, all the accessories and everything, and I was just like whoa like i have to have that you know and like 
like when he showed Ortiz, I was just kind of like, oh, that's cool, you know. And then I saw the multiple heads and like the accessories, and I was just like, oh my god, like yes, dude. When they like, showed Matt, Matt like, Hardy with that drone, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, the drone with the projection, right? I'm like, that's like that's what gets me excited about getting a Matt Hardy, you know? Well, and, like, I didn't – so, I, like I said, I've been going back and, like, clipping up matches and stuff. And I totally forgot about the street fight that uh, Kenny and uh, Matt Hardy had with Sammy and Jericho where the, the golf cart first initiated and oh, then right. – uh, Kenny did the flip off of the um, whatever thing they call those things. Um, did the the moonsault off of that, and like I totally forgot about that. But that is where Matt Hardy is wearing the chase, the the black. Like that was his in ring debut, I guess, and that's when he was, uh, and that's what they're making. That makes sense because like it looked like a pretty, it looked like a like the actual figure doesn't look as good as the regular release, but. Right, no, I, I'm just I'm grateful that they chose the chase to be that instead of the regular release because I want the regular release to be broken, Matt, and all that. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, what was uh? What what um? What was else was I gonna say? Damn. I drew a blank. I was going to ask you something about figs. Do you think or no? So um, let's uh, about the the uh, WrestleMania. So where it sounds like it's going to be Edge and Roman. Do you really think they're going to go with Sheamus and McIntyre for Mania? Dude, I really don't know. Like, I mean, because they could do Sheamus and McIntyre at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane. One hundred percent. Um. And I don't see that if they do do that, there's no way they're going to have like three matches in the last one be at Mania, right? Like, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I will give Sheamus credit. Like, the last few matches I've seen of his have been really good. Like, like I'm surprisingly entertained. I think he had some good good ones with like AJ and Riddle and so. I mean, good opponents, but yeah. Um, but he but he held up his end big time, and uh, so I think him and Drew will be a good match. Like, what I really fear happening is them getting, like, Jinder Mahal back in the mix. And, like, because, you know, because, like, it. he's back. Please don't do I know. It. That's, that's what I'm saying. But, like, I, he's back now, and I'm like, I bet you they do Drew and, and Jinder and, like, the whole three-man band backstory. Three-man band, yeah, like, like oh, like, God. I mean, I'm not saying that's what they do, but, like, they love Jinder, and, like, I, I could see them... I, is is he Slater or whatever? Is he still an impact or did they move on from that? I'm not that? sure what's happened there. I think he might be hurt, but I don't know for sure. He okay. hasn't been on TV in a minute. Because like I could see him coming in just to like help the storyline, like not wrestle, but like cut promo or something, you know? Like oh god. Oh. Yeah, I mean I like. I think Edge versus Roman would would be a really good match and a good story, but like you can't have Edge beat Roman, and I feel like the story, no. and I feel like the story no. is Edge getting the title back. So like, so I would do, I would have Edge beat Drew at, at WrestleMania. Like that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad I care though, because you know, a couple months ago I didn't care at all. Like who cares? But. Edge coming back definitely uh, helps. And, like, I can't believe they put him number one, had him win the Rumble. Like, 
that 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 I did not expect. Now he's only the second person ever to win from number one at the Royal Rumble, aside from Shawn Michaels. So, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, and on, honestly, when they changed the order because they announced it from one to two, right? Yeah. And then when they changed the order, I kind of felt like, is he going to win this thing? Because why else would you just put him at one, like just just to do it? You exactly. know. Exactly. So. And I didn't think he would win. Yeah. And Christian was a huge surprise. I love that. Yeah, it really was. And for anyone listening right now, like, obviously, I know Benoit won from number one also. That was the joke. But, um, <laughs> but... <laughs> you didn't get it? <laughs> but, um... Who's that guy? Yeah. Who who they mentioned? Um, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, too. Um, like, with... You did a video about the WWE Network moving over to Peacock, and I could see them, like, like some, uh some of the content not moving over because I could see them being like, we don't want anything that has to do with Benoit. We don't want anything that has to do with this person or that person. And I understand their line of thinking, but like that would be a down. Cause I, I think generally speaking, I think it is a good idea. The partnership from like a content standpoint, cause like you're getting more for your money. If you're paying $10 a month already and you want, yeah. the, you want that NBC stuff like the office and whatnot, like you're getting way more for that 10 or you can drop it down to five and just deal with ads. I mean, pretty good options. We 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 need we need the new Fast and Furious on Peacock. We need it's got John Cena. There's no better way to promote it. You know, order the network and watch Fast and Furious. Like, do it. Just do it. Theaters are done. I get it. Do it. Yeah. Um. What do you think? What do you think about? the appeal of celebrities now like do you think that because of what we've gone through that like they just seem so much more average because you're seeing them all on their webcams and at home and everything like you're not seeing the glitz and the glamour and everything i feel like they're losing their appeal um so for me in someone in the chat, Bob Dawson says Mysterio did it at number one in 2006. He was at, he actually was number two technically, right? He was, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same difference, but um, um, but no. To be honest, when it came to celebrities, I it over. I mean, probably a few years ago is when like I that really started happening for me. Anyways, like I was really like noticing on social media and stuff like that. They're no different than the average person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I think right now, especially, I, I think more and more people, because for me, I'm I'm weird because like I do so much of this stuff from home pre-pandemic that like yeah, I kind of was already living in my own bubble when it came to that stuff. Anyways, you were ready, yeah. And in but when it came when it comes to I think kind of like the average person who like goes out and works you know nine to five you know in, in an office and stuff like that like. I think that I, I th there probably are a lot of people like that are seeing things differently, like you're saying, like that they're just now realizing what you what you're talking about, and I think that that's that's probably a real thing because that's something about like acting and stuff. I know pe there's people who are like great actors and great movies and great TV shows and stuff, but that was always like my big thing. Being a wrestling fan, whenever I heard wrestling being knocked, I was always like. This is more real than what you're watching. Like, like all this is 100%. all this is so everything is so fake and so fabricated. When you're watching reality TV, that's all scripted, and they're doing reshoots and they're telling people where to go. And it's like there's, and when you really when you really pay attention and realize this, when you when you sit down and you watch 
with all the video editing I do, do, dude, when I watch like a commercial, I'm analyzing the hell out of like, why did they put these colors here? Why did they put this picture there or use this actor or this person or that person? And when you really peel the layers back and you, like, I think more and more people are realizing that. Um, that ever, you know. Well, so like I was watching uh, Tim Dillon with Whitney Cummings and Whitney Cummings is a comedian stand up. She's been mm -hmm. around a long time. And like her whole goal is to like get on a TV show and get on like a movie and like that's why she lives in LA. And Tim Dillon was like, "It's over. Yeah. Hollywood's over. Nobody cares about that stuff anymore." He's like, "Cool, you can be on a show with Jennifer Aniston. Like nobody cares. It's done." Yeah. And then like she was talking about how she was on The Mass Singer, and she showed like a little clip of it and Tim Dillon's like, I'd rather be in a ditch in Austin <laughs> homeless than be on that show. Yeah. That show is for losers. It's for fat people that go to Golden Corral. Like, just trash the show right in front of her and let her know that Hollywood is completely irrelevant now. Yeah. And I'm like, is that really true now? But like you think about it and like they don't have the same appeal and they don't like draw the same interest. And it's like, how many TV shows are people watching on cable now? Like, it's just such a, a transition that we're going through. Yeah. People now it's way more valuable to have like YouTube subscribers than to be like yep. on a TV show. Yeah. You literally, you literally can have more people watch the news from just an independent person on YouTube than watch like CNN or Fox News or anything like that. Like, that's the world that we live in now. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, pretty and I cool. feel like these cable companies just don't get it. <laughs> they don't understand it. You know, like they're just like, what? Yeah. What's going on? I still, <laughs> and I still think there's a lot of people that don't get it. it and it's. It's funny because it's like, you know, I talk to people who don't understand YouTube every now and then, like, that don't get, like, how I could even have, like, a job editing videos that would be on YouTube and stuff like that. Like, they just don't get it. Like, it's just completely... Right. And, and it's the same kind of thing where it's like, like, I was watching, it was, it was like one of those the voice or or american idol it was one of those shows like those yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was i was at my parents house and it was like the first episode of like this season this was like a couple years ago and they're going through all the contestants like one by one and like their profiles and their backgrounds and where they come from and all this stuff and literally the first episode of the show i was like that that person's who's gonna win the entire thing i guarantee it i don't, I don't need to hear him sing i don't need to hear i don't need any like this is the person that checks the most boxes out of everybody that I just saw. And, yeah. and go and behold, like, and like my, my dad and stepmom were kind of getting like upset about like the way I'm talking about these shows. Cause they're like, they love it. And they're like, and I'm sitting there like, yeah. I think they're like roasting it. Like this is the most predictable scripted stuff I've ever seen in my life. Like, but, but the fans vote. It's like, well, do they really? Cause you don't think there's a computer that could just choose who wins. Like, you know? Yeah. So, 
anyway, lo and behold, like 10 weeks or whatever pass. And I, you know, I'm at my parents' house and they're like, yeah, she wound up winning the whole, the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, oh, I mean, how did I make yeah, it? I mean, but yeah, there'll be the same people that'll like criticize wrestling, like wrestling's fake and it's all scripted. And like, you're marking out over the voice. You know what, what I mean? Saying. Like, I mean, what? exactly. But, um, before we get out of here, like, I definitely want to talk a little Super Bowl and a little UFC. Um, yeah. Let's do good. UFC first, and we'll close on the Super Bowl. Um, okay. I have the card pulled up here for the uh, the UFC show that's happening tonight, and we don't have to go match by match, but, like, the main event tonight, Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Obviously, I mean, Overeem, no matter what people say about him, like, the any kind of substance use or... Horse meat. Horse, yeah, horse meat. <laughs> the Uberim era. Uh, him yep. fighting Todd Duffy in Pride. Him kicking Brock in the diverticulitis. You can say a lot of stuff about him. No matter what you say about Alistair Overeem, you have to respect the fact this guy has been doing this since like 1999. And he's still yep. in the title mix in the UFC right now. Like, yep. and, uh, and Volkov... Two different divisions, too. Yeah, people forget he was a light heavyweight before... Uh, yeah. When he fought Chuck Liddell in Pride, um, he fought like Chuck Liddell. He fought Vitor Belfort. He fought you know Shogun. He fought a lot of different. That's people. right. And uh, and then you had Volkov on the other side, who you know former Bellator champion, a guy who I mean shows a lot of potential and a lot of prom. I mean I shouldn't say potential. He's been around a long time too, but he has a he has a skill set that is dangerous to a lot of fighters with his reach and this being. Probably I, is. I personally, I think he's gonna win. You, you got, I think Volkov's gonna you got win. Volkov. Yeah, and I think I think Alistair's gonna retire. I think because he basically said like he's just gonna go for a title shot, and if he doesn't get it, then that's it. And I I think he's gonna win. I think Volkov's gonna win. To me, Volkov is the type of guy that like it, it's Alistair's worst nightmare because, and, and this is what happens to Alistair all the time: is he will dominate. He will he will look great, and then he will get caught eventually, and that is exactly what's going to happen. I think. I think eventually he gets caught. Yeah, this is a really good matchup because, like, what you're describing, I'll never forget his fights with like, um, Travis Brown, yeah, Bigfoot Silva, uh, Bigfoot. Like he he was winning all those fights. Ben Rothwell, like winning all those fights, and then just like got caught. Got kind of kind of gas. Oh, uh, uh, Rosenstrike, Rosenstrike, right? Like he was winning that fight and then got just destroyed. Yeah, he was ahead, like five rounds to none, and got knocked out. Um, they like, split his lip open. That was nasty. Um, and that's the thing too is like this is a five round fight. If this was a three round fight, I'd feel way better about it. But a five round fight, he's eventually gonna get caught. Now, to be fair though, Volkov pulled the same thing. Like by when he got beat by Kurt, Derek, uh, Derek, Lewis. Derek Lewis, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, yep. I'm gonna take Overeem, but it's it's because you know he, Overeem's won four of his last five. I think the last time I looked, I mean he, but this, I mean, this is a damn good fight. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Volkov get the job done either. They're both these. Basically, I think whoever wins this one is probably only like one or two away from a title shot, probably. I mean, my thing is, is like, uh, trust me, and and let me make it known, like, I want Overeem to win. I'm going for Overeem. I just don't know. I just don't think he's going to win. But, I mean, if he wins, it's great. Um, I don't really know all what's in the heavyweight division in his way. 
because uh, it's going to get pretty, you know, it sounds like John Jones is going to fight the winner of Francis and Stipe, and then, you know, after that, it's whoever. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, like I said, I hate this five-round fight. That, that usually does not go well for him. Yeah, and you're right about the division because it's, one thing I could see happening potentially, this is where this is the biggest win possible for Overeem if this scenario plays out. So we we're gonna have Stipe and and uh, Miocic, sorry, Stipe and and Ganu too, and they're saying yeah, if John Jones fights the winner, I mean I think John Jones should get a title shot his first heavyweight fight. Like I have no problem with that at all based on what he's done. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care. It's um, fine. But if it happens to where and Ganu wins, and it, even if it's close, Stipe, we've seen before, like, where Stipe with uh, Cormier, he has, he does have a negotiating power with the UFC. Like, he'll sit there and, like, not do anything and get his rematches. He's been able to do it, you know, multiple yep. times. And I I can yep. see a scenario where they run back Stipe and, and Ganu because if Stipe loses, I could see him being like, well, you know, I could just retire or you can get me back in there with Nganu, you know, on this date or whatever. And so my point being, if they have to do a trilogy fight after this, because I do think Nganu's going to win. I think it's an awesome fight, but I do think Nganu's going to win. Um, yeah, me too. If they run back a trilogy and if Overeem beats Volkov, I could see them doing John Jones and Overeem because the name value is there and it's a winnable fight for John Jones at heavyweight. Yeah, definitely. I could also see Stipe sitting out John Jones and Francis and then fighting the winner. I can see that too. That's that's also really likely, I think. Um and then Yeah, especially especially if John beats Francis, then I think Stipe and John makes a lot of sense. Me too. And really I think the only person in the way of anyone in that mix is Rosenstrike, but he has losses already, you know, to uh yeah, to Anganu, so well, that's the thing is like Overheem got absolutely decapitated by Nganu. and so like the, both those guys, I think you have to do that fight actually. Overheem and Rosenstrike rematch. I, I think if Overheem wins, I'm fine with. I think that's the fight. I'm fine with that too. That that's another good rematch. Yeah. And then another fight here. I think this is super interesting. Corey Sanhagen versus Frankie Edgar in the co-main. Uh, yeah, I I actually totally forgot this fight, and I saw Frankie Edgar at the weigh-ins, and I was like, oh wow, that's to, that's tomorrow. Like, okay, cool. You know, like I I totally forgot that Frankie was fighting tonight. You know, he uh, you know, recently dropped down to bantamweight, had that win over was it Pedro Munoz in his uh, debut at bantamweight, I believe, and then yeah. uh, Corey Sanhagen's coming off of that head kick knockout over Marlon Marais, um. And Sanhagen was pretty much next in line until Aljamain Sterling choked him out and basically took his title shot. So, right. Um, so this is a huge fight for both guys because I, this, I think this is an number one contender fight basically because you have, you have Sanhagen and Yon are going to fight for the title, and then you know one of these two I would assume is going to get the next shot. So, um, who do you think wins this you one? Mean, uh... You mean Sterling and Oh, sorry, and Sterling, Jan. Sterling, Sterling and Yon. Yes, that's what I meant to say. So then, uh, yeah. I'm leaning towards Sanhagen, but like you can never count out Frankie. But like Frankie's Frankie's up there now, and he's been in a lot of wars and all that. So we'll see. But you know the one the one that really was, I remember when Ortega fought Frankie and just destroyed him, and I was just like, man, I don't I don't know. So like I. 
I don't know. I'm leaning towards San Diego. And Zombie uh, murked Edgar in the first round, too. Um, yeah. But yeah. those are both at featherweight. Yeah. And the Zombie one was on late notice. Because remember, he was supposed to fight San Hagen then. And then he pulled yeah. out so he yeah. could fight Zombie instead. And he went to, you know, fucking South Korea to fight him, which is like <laughs> the balls <laughs> yeah. you have to have. Yeah. Um, Edgar is an all time legend. Obviously, he's going to be a multiple-time UFC Hall of Famer. He's going to be in there for multiple fights for his actual, you know, career. I was at I was at the fight where he fought Maynard the third time for the title in Houston. I was that's the that one where fight. he finally finished him in the fourth round. Yeah, but he was getting the living crap beat out of him, like in the yeah. first or the second something. Yeah. yeah. That was that was when Anders when Chael Sonnen uh, called out Anderson Silva like Anderson Silva you absolutely suck yes <laughs> yeah and you know what's funny that was Stipe's debut against Joey Beltron in the prelims oh, Joey Beltron forgot about him uh, he's fighting in that bare knuckle garbage dude yeah they had that show last night I don't know if you uh what what is Paige doing dude, dude like, she might have the the either the worst management of all time or she just doesn't get it's it the, it's the Kawas, you know like Abra, uh, abraham and malky um, that do like george and John all them. like that's who got it. but they're looking for the most yeah. money that's really all it is but like this is this is a terrible idea yeah like because here's the thing too if you lose in bare knuckle to women to in in the female division they don't have a lot of great female fighters so not only are you fighting in a bare knuckle fight, but you're not getting you're not you're not getting uh, any like cred for beating anybody legit in there, and you're losing. Like, you know, she said that she would be interested in the WWE. Like, that's probably the route she should go if they're interested in her. But I don't even think that that's a route. Like, I think she just needs to be doing her instagram modeling and stuff like that like this is this is getting ugly yeah that that's what i that's another thing i just don't understand about her line of thinking is like i I haven't looked into it but i i had heard that she was starting her only it's like an only fans but it's like her website like but it's basically her own okay. version of only my the joke that my one thing my brother who just comes up with this stuff is just hilarious to me he called it uh page only fans aunt I was like, that would have been the perfect, the perfect name for that. Um, (laughs) and, but, uh, but that's what I don't get is like, you're, you want, so when she was with the UFC, she was talking about how she was making more money as an Instagram influencer than she was to actually fight. So then why would you go to the place that's the most likely to like destroy your face, like bare knuckle fighting, you're going there and get punched in the face with bare knuckles and then like your careers in modeling like why wouldn't you if you want to keep competing why wouldn't you do it in like boxing where like you're protected like i don't i just it just didn't make any sense to me and not to mention well and the only thing i thought of was like okay she won't go to boxing because these are actually like high level talented women that can fight so she's gonna go to bare knuckle and, and get some wins and look credible and she loses it's like what what is next one on top of that it's like at this point, you don't have to get in there against anyone credible in boxing. You just find another influencer to box. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Call out Lady Gaga or some garbage and just get in there. I and mean, speaking of that, you see Jose Canseco fought last night? 
10 seconds. Yeah, against a bar. And it looked like he, like, pulled a muscle in his arm just by trying to defend himself. Like, it was so yeah, bad. Yeah, it was to, like an intern at Barstool Sports. Like, beat the shit out of him in, like, 10 seconds. Well, so, so let's talk about Askren and Jake Paul. What do you think about that? I think I think, I think Askren's in some trouble. I, Ask- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it. I really do. But, like, I've watched both of their... And you know my my brother owns a a boxing gym in Atlanta, so like he every now and then I get some like random intel, like because he trains with people that are like really close to like the Lima brothers because they train out of Atlanta, and I just hear like random yeah. things here and there, like Usman will randomly get in the mix, and I'll hear stuff about that. And from what my brother's been telling me about the stuff he's hearing and the stuff that he's seen and the little bit that I've seen, like it looks like Jay Paul's gonna destroy him. Wow. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, he could definitely get hit, no doubt about it. Like, I think that Ben's going to be in some trouble in some of the fights. But, like, I don't know. See, see what, what Ben know. has going for him is he's an Olympic athlete. He is – he's yep. fought the best of the best, like, athletes. Like, so – High-pressure situations, competitions, the whole nine. Like, he knows – how to um like and don't get me i think he's gonna freaking hold his ass off if he's in trouble you know what i mean and he has a great grip like jake's gonna have a hard time you know just getting a square shot on him but yeah i don't know but boy let me tell you something if he wants a piece of the diaz brothers it's a whole nother ball that's a complete it is a whole nother ball he doesn't want that game that's that's a bad idea if you're Jake Paul. That pay per view buy rate though would be nasty. Like they would kill it, especially if it was. I mean, like I think Nick is like if it was likely. Nick, if it was Nick and Jake Paul, yeah. Like, no. What you do is you do you do Logan versus Nick and Nick. Jake versus and Nate. Nate. Yeah, Nate. Yeah. You want to talk about a pay per view buy rate? Yeah. That thing get buys i mean and here's the thing like i'll be pulling for ben Askren. like i hope he wins um i and like jake so the thing with jake is we have a very small sample size on him and it's against other other youtubers and nate robinson so like yep that's all we know now what i saw in that was like he knows how to throw a punch his footwork is okay like his balance is okay but he's been fighting cans like ben Askren his stand-up looks really bad. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like the, I saw him hitting a bag the other day. Like he put up a video yep. now. I don't know if he's trolling. Cause he does troll. I don't know if 100%. I don't know if he put up that bit. He was throwing punches like this. Yep. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like if he really throws like this, like he's going to get knocked out. But if he, if, but he could be trolling us, which is a total thing of him to do. I mean, dude, he trained with like Rufus and like, like so Anthony did, so did so did CM and, Punk. Yeah, very fair. <laughs> but he did it for a much longer time, and I, I, he's got to be able to have some idea of you know throwing punches and stuff. Yeah, but then like Damian Mayim tore him up on the feet. Like I don't know. This could be really bad for Ben though <laughs> if he just gets like just you know posterized because he got really posterized by masvidal and then like if jake paul finishes him off like you he might go away well i mean it's just 
it's just so wild to think like yeah i mean because i'm a fan of his and like i think he beat up robbie lawler straight up like there's controversy there but like there's something to be said about taking the beating he took and then getting him in that bulldog choke like so people always discredit him for that and i don't it's like i he won that fight but um but yeah the rest of it and like how he got traded quote-unquote traded for demetrius johnson who you know with henry cejudo not there right now he might be the best you know the best uh flyweight in the world still like right now and you know right. i don't know it's it's although i would love to see that fight between him and formiga or and i think that would oh, you be mean great. him and uh figueredo yeah yeah that's what i meant Sorry. yeah well they i think that would be a, a good fight yeah that would i mean fig is like he's looking like he's i mean he, he had that draw with marino but marino's right there too yeah. like marino is that next night yeah. that next wave of guys too i mean that kid has balls man yeah and I mean, they got to run that back. I feel like you have to. I mean, it's a draw. You got to run that again. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. As far as uh, the rest of the shows, anything else you wanted to talk about? Like we got Michael Johnson and Clay Clay Guida in a. That's an interesting it's a fight. Good, it's a good. I mean, it's a good matchup. Like it makes sense for both guys. Like with where they're at. What about what about that one that they announced? Uh, Diego and Calvin. Yeah, I think that's a retirement I'm, fight. Yeah, double both. retirement. I mean, I don't. So, I like my thing is like why not like sure like yeah just do that I'm it makes sense for both guys but yep. I don't I just feel like I don't know what I'm getting out of these guys anymore like like the whole but I think those are the type of fights that they should yeah. be in they shouldn't be fighting the top tier guys they're getting killed you know yeah what I mean? yeah I agree I agree I mean it makes it's a fight that makes sense and then it's like if Cowboy goes in there and destroys Diego. Like, do you say, oh, you're ready for another fight? Or do you just say, that was a hell of a run. You went out on top, call it a day. Because this isn't going to go well if you want to keep going. Well, I mean, Cowboy Serenity already, you know, dresses like The Undertaker. Maybe he's going to, you know, he'll be chasing that dragon also. Um, you know what's hilarious is, like, if you have you ever seen the movie The Equalizer? He's, like, Russian. Who, Cowboy? Yeah. That's pretty random. He's like a Russian gang member guy. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. I did not expect <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. yeah. And then on the other side of that yeah. one, like Diego, it's like that, that Josh Fabia dude who's like his guru now oh and all that. Gosh. Like, it's just, it's just really cringe. It's funny because Diego, like, I still respect the hell out of him, like as a fighter and like what he's accomplished and stuff. But I don't think I've ever been, I don't think there's ever been a fighter that I've like watched that I have less in common with than Diego Sanchez. Like, like, <laughs> like the dude is like, the band's on a different planet. Yeah, like he's on, like he's ultra religious and things like weed is, is like actually is like the devil's work and like, like all that but stuff. Like he would smoke it before. Yeah. But then he quit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's, he's had these weird revelations and stuff. Like, yeah, he's, he's, you know, but like, you know, him and Stefan Bonner were fighting about asparagus on the Ultimate Fighter. Like he's he's always been a, a different cat. True. Now I'll, I will say though, the thing he did for that Isaac kid, like the special needs kid, who he like went in there, yeah, like yeah. that's great. Like that's great stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I don't want to get like, I don't want to talk too much trash about the guy because he there there is stuff like that that he's done that is really really nice. Did you listen to um? Did you listen to the Tony Khan, uh, Jericho talk his Jericho podcast? I it's really good. 
And one thing I found interesting was is Jer- it was Jericho's idea for Matt Hardy to teleport. That's interesting. And Tony Khan says it's one of his biggest regrets that he went with it. Like, he hated it. Oh, really? It. Yeah. That's interesting. And I was just like, wow. Like, I would not have thought that. Yeah. But, and then he talked about, like, the Cody um, facing the indie guys and who impressed him. And he said the two guys that he was interested in signing was Ricky Starks and uh, Eddie Kingston, you know, based on those matches. But he didn't say anything else about the other guys. So it's kind of like, it makes me wonder, like, if if Tony's really taking charge now. Because it, it seems like he's like, I don't want all the hokey stuff. I want more, you know... So, so it, it's, it's interesting when I was hearing, like, some of those perspectives. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I remember uh, years, and this is one where, like, they really dodged a bullet here. But I remember when AEW was starting, and people in reports coming out and stuff about how Tony Khan wasn't a fan of Joey Ryan. And thank goodness they yep. did not sign him. Yep. Because he had a lot of people yep. in the back trying to get him in. And 100%. Yeah, that would have been a disaster. And we know that a lot of those people are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other thing is like, nope. yeah, I mean, it's 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 wild. Um, yeah, I, is there anything else in this card you think? I mean, there's I mean, there's good matchups here, but like, I don't know about anything else we really need to... Usually on these fight nights, it's like the three fights, and then the, the rest of them are kind of just, eh. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Hopefully the fights wind up being good. That's tonight. The prelims start in like two hours. Um, then Dariush, that could be a decent fight. Yeah, um, he's fighting yeah. uh, Fiera. Um, Ferreira. Yeah, I'm really bad with those kind of names. Yeah. So I started started this league, this DraftKings league, and basically like um, it's it, we you just pick fights, and whoever wins the most gets the most points, and then at the end of the year we tally up the points and we pay out, and like a fantasy thing, and it's fun. It makes you involved in every single. You, you're allowed to pick six fights, the winners and the losers, and who you think will win and lose. And it's like between just like six guys, so it's pretty fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And, uh, yeah, so. Um, it's uh it makes me involved in, in fights that like i don't even really pay attention to or care about it's like i start looking at the odds and stuff and i'll be like oh, okay this person should win or you know what i mean like so it's it's always good fantasy is always good to keep track of things like um to learn more so i always recommend that yeah it's like uh you know, I, I'll talk about them at the end of the show, but like WrestleRumble.com, that's like the main reason I like watching WWE pay-per-views still is because like I have that investment of like I could win prizes because yeah. of that, you know? Right, right. And all of a sudden you care more about the match than you did before and, you know, the whole time. So Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely good. Um, Hey, real quick, I heard, I heard the 49ers really want Cousins. Okay, so this is a perfect transition because I wanted to talk football before we got out of here. So let's talk that. Let's talk yeah. that in the Super Bowl. So, <clears throat> um, sorry, I'm just getting something pulled up on my screen here for when we're done. Um, so, I mean, obviously it would depend on who the Vikings got. Um, I'm open to trading Cousins, but... Mm-hmm. It's, he's 
Man, you did not like Cousins, so like this, this should, you should be happy well, about this idea. The the thing with him is, if it's the Cousins that played the second half of this season all the time, like I'm good with that. But well, and like if y'all's defense was better, then it wouldn't have to be the same Cousins. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or if we there's a couple spots on the offensive line where like that. See, this is the thing with Cousins, where. It just it would just depend on who the other option would be because the the only issue I have with Cousins at all is he takes too many sacks. Like he doesn't get out of the pocket. He he she just falls on the ball. Like the second that like things are going wrong, he just falls on the ball. And it's good that he does that because he isn't fast and like he can't get he can't get out of trouble. But but right. but a big thing of that is like our offensive line gives him no chance a lot of the time. Like they just run right through him right 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 to him and it's just like what's he gonna do um now i mean the the quarterback i really want is aaron Rodgers. like i'm hoping things blow up between him and the him and the packers and we get a brett Favre scenario and like and that seems like it, it's it was like much to do about nothing and he's fine now but like man what a botch at the playoffs like just I don't know how you don't like, go for, I mean, it's insane. They kicked that field goal. What were they? 13 and three, 13 and three and, and at home yeah. and didn't win. Like ridiculous. I, I, hey, I mean, I, I know what it's like. Yeah. I know what it's like, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's like, depends on who the option would be. So like, cause with Rogers, what's interesting is his contract is coming up fairly soon. And like, they have the next guy ready to take the spot and like, so there's always going to be that narrative there in Green Bay. Like they're not going to like yeah. Rodgers is on the way out at some point in the next couple of years. So For sure. But dude, I think this year is going to be back shit crazy for for quarterbacks. Yeah. Like I just I think they're about to move a whole bunch. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with with how Cousins gets paid cuz once he got that 84 million dollar contract and he's like an above average quarterback Anyone who's above average to elite is that's like you got to start there. Like Cousins is getting this. Like we got to. So here's the thing, though, is like the the Lions had to give up a a lot. I mean, the the Rams had to give up a lot just to dump a contract. So like, would the the like if he went to the 49ers, would the Vikings have to like send a first round pick and Cousins to get rid of him? Like. That would suck. See the, so the upside to San Francisco being like interested is Shanahan because like I think he wants Cousins yep. no matter what because of their ties. To, I think he's wanted Cousins for a long well, time. They, I mean, like I think that was his his number one goal was Cousins from the very beginning. Well, especially because you look at when they drafted him, like RG three like was like a top pick like a couple seasons yep. before, and they still picked Cousins. So like, yep. Um, they actually they actually picked cousins the same year. Oh, that's right, that's right. I forgot yeah, about that. That was what was so confusing. They picked him like in the third round, and they picked they picked uh, RG three in the first. I completely forgot that was the same draft. Um, I mean, it just depends on who. What I mean, if there there are a few quarterbacks I've been keeping up with that I think like could fit well in Minnesota. The one, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is like my number one, but that's unrealistic at the moment. He's just the one that I think would just be the 
this assault in the wounds to Green Bay. Like he had Roger Rogers and Watson. Like those ones are the the ones that you just. But to me, Watson, the price is just getting out of hand. It's a, like just ridiculous. But the thing with Watson, so Watson is obviously who I was going to bring up, and that's if we could get Watson, yes. Like if we can figure a way around that, we're like. Cousins goes to Houston because they're going to need a quarterback because yeah, yeah, yeah. so three way trade exactly there there could be a way of figuring that out and Watson also I think I think he's a good dude who's just completely just through with dealing with the BS from the front office so yeah. Yeah. I think no matter what he might be asking for contract wise like with them if he was to come into a situation where it's like yo. You got Dalvin Cook to carry the ball. You got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to throw to. We're gonna get some. We're gonna use all of our draft picks so, on offensive line and defense. Like, well, so here's the thing though: is like Watson is paid. Watson signed a oh, new that's deal. Right. He's yep. not. He's not upset about the money. He gets forty million dollars next that's year. That's right. Like, it's well this year he gets like fifteen or twenty or something because it's his fifth year option. But then the next year he gets forty. So the deal's already done. So it's, it's so like whoever makes that trade, it's done. It's your contract that's right. now. He, and he just so, signed that right, like before last season. Yeah, he signed it last yeah, year. That's right. And so um, that's that's the issue is they have his rights. Like he's screwed if if they choose not to trade him. Like he's gonna lose all that money. So, but if it, the Texans it, were already prepared to pay Watson that much, like they could take on you know Cousins' contract. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. They could. So that's just the question: is what's the cost? Like, does the Minnesota just say, "Look, we'll give you Kirk Cousins and three first round picks for for Watson"? Uh, I wouldn't do that if I was Minnesota. But see, that's what I'm yeah. saying. But that's the price for Watson. Yeah. Like, or do you want to say Justin Jefferson? Like, no. like that's no, you got to keep. Justin. You're going to have to lose a huge piece to get Watson. And to me, like, that's where it's like, no, it's not worth it. I'm not giving you four first round picks. Like the jets, they were talking about four first round picks and Quentin Williams for Watson. Like, no, I'm not doing that. They can have, they can have cut for Watson. I would do, this is just like perfect scenario, but like, this wouldn't fly. Yeah. I would do like, and it's still get a lot. And like I do like Cousins, a first round pick, Harrison Smith and Kyle Rudolph, like a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of guys who are are on the way out anyways, and a first round pick, and and, yeah. and your you yeah. get your current quarterback, you get some good guys that can lead you know your defense and your offense, and you get a first round pick. and a first round and a first pick. round pick. Yeah, what do you say? There you go. Click. There you go. And the first round pick. But here's the thing, like. I, the Minnesota, you can't you can't be giving up like multiple. It it, it I mean, it, it now if now if we were talking Aaron Rodgers, I'd give, I'd give him Cousins in three first. I wouldn't care because at that because at, at, at that point at that point we are selling out for one. I want one Super Bowl. I don't care. Like sell it out if we get the one year where we at least win the Super Bowl in my lifetime. That's what I want. Yeah. Give 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 yeah. Green Bay whatever. I I know we'd be giving them all of our first round picks. And see, that's the thing is I'm starting to get that way too. Like I always wanted to build a franchise for so we could be good for like ten years. But I'm just like, man, forget this. It's been 25 years. Like let's just let's just do well, something. The, let's just go all the Vikings. In. It's been never. 
Like, like, so it's yeah. like you got in, and that's the thing. I'm cool with selling out totally when, if we can keep Thielen, Jefferson and cook on the offense, like, and then we also have, um, um, Irv Smith jr. Who could be a really damn good tight end. Like there's the, the pieces are there for Minnesota. It's just the classic thing of, the quarterback's always been my whole lifetime, pretty much. That's been the thing is like all the pieces are there. Just need a winner at quarterback. And, you know, we also had some defensive stuff. Like Daniil Hunter was hurt all season. Anthony Barr was hurt almost all year. Eric. Eric yeah. Both- like if Daniil Hunter wasn't hurt, like I would put him on the trading block and see if you could get something serious for him. Because I think like if I, if, if I was the Vikings, right. And I gave you, if I had called the Texans, I said, look, I'll give you Kirk Cousins, Daniil Hunter, my first round pick and my next year second, like something like I'd that. Do that. Cause see, that's what I think. I think you're going to have to put picks and players to get Watson. I, like I think Watson is going to just be expensive, yeah. but, but there's also other guys like, <clears throat> I think Matt Ryan could possibly be moved. I think, um, I think, uh, Tua even could possibly be moved. I, you know, I think that or Fitzpatrick can uh, go Carson start. Wentz, Fitzpatrick can go start somewhere Carson else. Wentz, yeah. I think I dude I, I, I'm not saying Dak could be moved but like this thing is going to get ugly. I'm telling you that right well, now. Like it, there's no reason it should be but it's about to get for ugly. For y'all though the best thing that could have happened like for Dak happened this year because like yeah. he just proved his value by not playing. Tenfold. So and, and and what the great thing is it proved it to the fans. Because you're always gonna have these fans that'll be like, Well, we could just put anybody in there. Our offense loaded, we got wide receivers in there, there. And then now they're like, Oh, okay, so it does change without Dak. I get it now. Um but here's the thing, we're gonna franchise tag Dak. That's gonna happen. And then we're gonna try to get him down to a contract. The the issue is is the the Joneses believe in deadlines make deals. We shouldn't have to go through this again. Like this is just nonsense. And if you're not going to get Dak done, then let's draft. And we need we need an answer on Dak before the yeah. draft. Period. Like the franchise tag is like on March 9th is the deadline. He's going to get franchise tag. Then I think on March 17th the league year starts, and then we'll find out the salary cap. And then we need to get a deal done like immediately. And then we know what we have left and what we can do and all that nonsense. But like we need to get Dak done. And if we don't get Dak done. I'm not dealing with another year of Dak on the franchise tag. That's two years. It's just a messy. The, the the media, the media also has grabbed this story and love to divide them. And so, like as soon as we franchise tag him, the media is gonna be like, "Oh, Dallas doesn't think he's worth it." And why is that? They paid Tony Romo. Why wouldn't they pay Dak? And they're gonna try to pull like you know, Cowboys are racist, and it's just. Like, just get the deal done. We're, we're, we're making this thing way bigger than it needs to be. Dude, I think the Cowboys, they're going to have about another season or two with McCarthy, and then your next head coach is going to be Mike Zimmer. I'm, I, I just feel it. I just feel it, dude. <laughs> I, could, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. I could also see, you know, by, by us getting Dan Quinn, I could possibly see us promoting Dan Quinn. I could possibly... Uh, another wild card dude is Kellen Moore. Like he's our homegrown guy. It feels very Jason Garrettish. Like he was a our quarterback, uh, a backup quarterback for us, and then he was the quarterback coach. Now he's the offensive coordinator. We paid him a bunch of money so he wouldn't go to Boise State. 
Dak grew up with Kellen Moore, like throughout, like as a as a, a coach. So I could see that happening too. Yeah. Um, and he's nothing but five nine with like I mean I can't see him pushing around men, but whatever. <laughs> um, he looks like he's like fourteen. So imagine him telling Demarcus Lawrence to run an extra mile. Like well, okay, I think cool. I think franchises need to do more of that like going with these people that have been around a long time like because like the vikings had that opportunity with kevin stefanski instead of instead of extending instead of extending zimmer they should have let zimmer let his contract run out and promote stefanski what i hated is the cowboys weren't even willing to interview anybody that was like a college coach like i would have loved to take matt rule matt rule with dak and all that from carolina like that i would have taken that over mike mccarthy and honestly, I think Mike McCarthy sold us a bill of goods that just aren't true. Like, I think that he talked about how he changed and all this stuff, and he watched all our tape, and I don't think he did. And there was a lot of questionable calls that he made that were on him that I'm just like, yeah, I don't think you're that good. And then he brought in his buddies to be the coach, like Mike Nolan, defense coordinator, who's terrible. Like, this, this, is, this is not – the honeymoon phase is over for Mike McCarthy. He better start delivering, and if he doesn't, he's out of here. I've always felt like that about McCarthy. Like he's always had great players playing for him in Green Bay, yep. and then yep. when he goes over to Dallas, it's like. But would you say that the the, the Aaron Rodgers loss kind of helped McCarthy? Because if they would have won that game and went to the Super Bowl, and let's say they won the Super Bowl. Like, they would be pretty justified in saying, like, look, it was just Mike McCarthy holding Aaron Rodgers back. Like, that was it. And now it's like Aaron Rodgers has had so many opportunities in the playoffs and has not won. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, that is another way of looking at it. I just, yeah. I mean, the other thing with McCarthy also is, like, he had like he had those teams in Green Bay, and then he took the season off. And then, like, he never yep. had to be, like, an offensive coordinator or, like, anything. He just nope. got another head coaching job. And that doesn't happen that often either. And not just a head coaching job. America, right? like, America's team. America's team. He got Hollywood. Yeah. He got the glitz and glamour, the, the $1.2 billion training facility, the the hotel. You know, like, he got he got the whole thing. So, it's like, how, how uh, so, so, so much for getting humbled, right? Like, yeah, you're fired. You got nothing. Now you're on here, and now you think you're the 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 bomb. But man, like they had such a rough go. Like the injuries, Dak broken foot, or like uh, one of the coaches died. Like it's just it was it was rough. Like you name it, they went through it. So COVID, like oh, it's just. So I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but man, I am not. I am not like just being like, oh, it's okay. We'll figure it out. No, like you better, you better show me something this year. Yeah, yeah. For the Cowboys, they're like, they're y'all are always in win now mode because like even preseason, like the analysts are picking y'all to win the Super Bowl every season, and I'm always like, I don't know how. I mean, I no disrespect, but like I don't get how that happens every year when like you look at the roster and like look at the previous year and like when it looks almost the same from year to year, and you're like. Okay, they didn't make the playoffs. Now they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's one of those things where, like, it's clickbaity, right? And then another thing is, is, like, we'll look good on paper, but we'll take two injuries and the depth is garbage. And then it's like, okay, things aren't as good as we thought and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, like, our whole offensive line was injured. 
the 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 left the right tackle never played a game the starting left tackle played two games the uh the center retired the the guard uh, had a calf injury that took him out for most of the season like we we were in shambles like and then you had Dak we had four different quarterbacks like you're not gonna win that way and then you come to find out like at the end of the season that was it Pollard your backup is actually better than Zeke is (laughs) yeah well and now and now Zeke or Emmett Smith is using COVID as a reason why Zeke was not as good because it affected his lungs. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll see. But like, but you, you could see that between the tackles, Pollard is not Zeke. He's not, he, he, but man, if you give that guy space, he'll, he'll bust one. So that's where it's like, okay, but like, I'm over Zeke's diva attitude, his contract, the whole nine. Like, dude, when you hold out in Cabo to force us to pay you when we're trying to pay our quarterback, like, I just I have no respect for that. And not only that, dude, you've already been suspended. You've put us in bad situations. You've done stupid things. And then you had the audacity to do that on top of that. It just, he rubbed me the wrong way big time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this sucks having to deal with that every season. But I'll tell you this, I'm a firm believer in this now, and I know you have Dalvin Cook and everything, mm-hmm. but never pay a running back. Yeah, I, never. Pay. Yeah, well, especially with someone like Cook, who I think is when Cook's on the field, he's incredible. Like I will not, you 100%. know, they're great players. But that's it's fragile. You got to always account for a couple games a season that that Dalvin's not going to be on the field, and and their prime is only going to be three, like four or exactly. five years. Like they're they're not. You know, so when they've already played four or five years and then you pay them, when they get to like year six, seven, eight, like it's over. And, it's not, they're not the and same. And a lot of them are doing it by committee now, too, where there's like two, three of them taking turns in the backfield. That, but, but, by, but by drafting, that's the way to do it, right? Like you draft, uh, you have your starter for five years, four years. If you do a second round it's, and, and on, it's four years. And then you draft another one in like the fourth, fifth round and then just go and then just keep exchanging them out. Like never pay a running back. It's it's unfair. I get it. It but dude, just business wise, and it's almost getting that way with wide receiver. Like the the wide receivers that come out of college now, like they're already they're they're good to go. A lot of them are like you you did it. You got rid of Stephon Diggs and replaced him with Justin Jefferson. That's rare though. Like it, yeah, to for it to work out. Like it's that. rare, but it's starting. Like, if we got rid of Michael Gallup and replaced him with CeeDee Lamb, we would have been okay. Like, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like, so there's always going to be these top wide receivers that are going to be available. When you have, what, Lamb on a rookie contract, when does Cooper, what's his status? Because he's going to want money if he hasn't already gotten it. Cooper got paid. Cooper got paid last year five years, $100 million or something like that. So There you go. And he's the weirdest guy in the world. Like, I have a pretty good um, Twitter relationship, I guess, with one of the former players who was also on the coaching staff, Philip Tanner. It's crazy, right? Like, he, uh, <coughs> sorry, um, he, uh, he, he played preseason game, you know, and I, I tweeted about him because he played like he, he did a run where he lost his helmet and he kept going to score a touchdown. And I was just like, you know, this type of players we need in the Cowboys or whatever. And, like, as soon as I said that, he liked the tweet and he followed me. 
And the dude has been following me ever since. Like we've talked Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, we talked all, all this stuff, nice. right? Well, he was on Jason. He was part of the running backs coach under Jason Garrett, like for like four or five years. And he played under Jason Garrett. So he has a ton of knowledge. I mean, like the guys in the, in the room with Zeke, like every day. And, uh, I had heard that the Cowboys, Jason Garrett staff did not like Amari Cooper. And he is on Twitter trashing Amari Cooper. Like he will be on there and being like, you know, I'm just waiting to see how this guy's a top receiver. And I'm just, he needs to be way more consistent and his body language sucks and like all this stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, it's true. They really did not like Amari Cooper. So that's bizarre. Um, I think I think the biggest thing is is Amari does not have any dog in him whatsoever. Like Amari will drop a pass and just like go like and walk to the sideline like it meant nothing. And Amari is not um, a guy that'll be a rah rah guy, a guy that'll get in anybody's face. Like Amari is just just chill, just fine. And like he reads books on the weekends and he plays chess and like he's. He's just—he's never gonna get in any off-field trouble. He's a good guy, good kid, but like, dude, there are some times where he makes plays and he looks like the best wide receiver in the league. Like, he will his explosion, his route running, the way he cuts and stuff—like, it's unbelievable. But he will drop some of the most easiest passes and just like not give a damn. And it's just the weirdest thing. Like, I think he's an unbelievable player. Every year he blows me away by something he does, but like, wow. But man, CD did a touchdown on y'all that was like one of the most incredible touchdowns I had ever seen. The way his body control, because because like, Thielen had a sick one also. They were like they were like 100%. they were like one upping each other throughout the game. That was nasty. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when Andy threw that trash, I was just like, there is no way CD is catching that, and like he dove and like bit his body to catch that and came down with it and i was just like oh my god yeah. <laughs> like that is the one catch if i have to talk about cd season like that's the one you show like whoa yeah they've both had some good showings against the vikings the last couple of seasons like two years ago cooper tore us up um yeah like I think we wound up winning the game, but it was like Coop, but yep, yeah, but did. Cooper and we ended up winning this one, so we're one and one. And I think we play next year too. Yeah, that dude this year we lost to y'all like three wins in the season. That was so oh, that's a, I know you oh. were, and I was happy because it's like we we suck <laughs> so bad. I was just like, just give me a win, mate. But dude, after that, I was like, we could make the playoffs. Yeah. Like we're good enough to do it. Andy showed us. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with the Vikings. This is the last thing I'll say before we move on to Super Bowl. But like, the the one other thing I could say about the Vikings this season, like in a positive, it's a positive and a negative. But it's like, and it's another reason why I don't I don't hate on Kirk Cousins like others would, is because like we got to the point in almost almost every single loss we had this season was within one score, and. And yeah. most of it, we were ahead, and then our defense blew it. So it was just like, or yeah. or our kicker, your freaking dude, 
could, can't, can't, can't kick a field goal. You, you, you mean at one time the most accurate kicker in NFL history, Dan Bailey? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. about. See, that's a whole other thing, being a Vikings fan. We deal with all this stuff with the quarterbacks, and then you look at our history, too, and it's the same thing with the field goal kickers. I mean, it's like... It's like we're one field. We're tw- Dude, you have no idea how many people were upset when we cut Dan Bailey because it was kind of out of nowhere. And, like, he was, like, there were literally some people that thought he was MVP of the team back in the day because he was that money. Like, he always made it. Like, all Not anymore. And then, dude, like, he fell off a cliff. He started to have back injuries. And, like, what was crazy is in training camp, he – he was coming off of a bad season towards the end. He was fine until he had like this back injury and he was having like a bad season towards the end. And then we weren't giving him like any practices. So like, like, or in preseason games, he wasn't getting any reps and we were like, Oh, so like, this is his job. They're just giving him the job. Like no one thought he was going to get cut. And then the roster came out and he got cut. People were like, what? And then everybody was like, who wants an elite kicker? You know, Dan Bailey. And Minnesota's like, God, we need an elite kicker so bad. Let's sign him. Yeah, and it worked out. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, but see, even more salt in the wounds when, like, this whole situation, this the, the Dan Bailey situation, well, it really dates all the way back to, like, Gary Anderson in 1998 missing against the Falcons to not make the Super oh, Bowl. Boy. But, <laughs> oh, but, boy. We're going but back. but but more recently, it it goes back to uh to Blair Walsh missing a twenty seven yard yep. field goal kick to bring us to the Super Bowl or, or the, which was just an insane game with the the Seattle. Yeah, I think it was, it was the, the go to the NFC championship. championship that that was that was, um, and that's when you were playing like on a college field, like you weren't even because your stadium was being built or whatever. It, well, yeah, the uh, the snow imploded the Metrodome. Yep. Um, yep. So. So it goes back to he makes that kick if it was in the Metrodome, just yeah, letting you know. And and that guy's career is never the same. And then never. and then he broke. And then we had like uh, was it Ryan Longwell or like so we had some like decent okay. Uh, there was another one I can't remember who another veteran guy. Anyways, the point being, we get to a spot where it's like you know what we're gonna really invest in this. And we're gonna trade up in the draft, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get a good young kicker out of college, and then Dan Carlson comes in and like misses everything for three weeks, just comes in and just can't kick a field goal to save his life. So we cut him, which we. But he's like he's pretty good. That on the was Raiders my that's now, what right? I was about to say. We had at the time we had to cut him. Like this was it was like you gotta go, yeah. dude. Like three games in, like yeah. you suck. And now he's solid. And it's like, well, if we would have had him the entire yep. time and he would have, and it turned out that his issue was he was standing like a half foot to one side that like, he like they corrected like half a step for him. And that was like the whole thing was like, and it was like, <laughs> and it's like, we couldn't have figured that out. It has a specialty coach then Jesus. Well, that's a whole, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just, but it's so frustrating. Cause that's where we're at. Cause there's no way you can bring Dan Bailey back to the Vikings next season. There's just no way. No. Um, no. So. No. Um, so yeah. And does Zimmer come back? Like after he's back, right? But I figure I think after this season he's gonna get canned if they, y'all don't do anything. I I mean I would have already canned him personally, but but yeah. I, but yeah. I think that at this point Zimmer, Cousins, and um, 
Rick Spielman, the general manager. I think that's a package deal at this point. I, th- I think, I think because they're they're basically. But what if they trade Cousins? If they trade, if they trade Cousins, I think it's more likely that if we don't have a decent, if we don't make the playoffs, it, well, so I think Zimmer has two more years left. Cousins has two more years left. I'm not sure what Spielman looks like, but I think I think Spielman's job's only on the line if like we can't win like eight games a season going forward. But like, is Spielman that bad? No. y'all always draft good. Y'all y'all get good players. I like, I like, like Spielman. I, I do. Okay. Um, okay. I, so I'm not I'm not advocating for his job. But I could. It's like it's like the Eagles fans that hate Howie Roseman, but man, dude, Howie always puts them in. Like he's willing to make trades. He put he's a salary cap guru. He always figures a way to get out of the salary cap and cap hell and all that stuff. Like they've made some questionable calls, but that that is a disaster yeah. of an organization. Well, that's a whole too, other thing. I think I think the salary cap's yeah. a myth. Also, like there's so much fugazi stuff that goes on with being able to work. The... I saw one where like Carson Wentz, if he want, if he agreed to a trade, he could write a twenty million dollar check to the Eagles, and then like it would only be like a ten million dollar cap hit. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um. But that's how I feel about it. Like, I I don't necessarily want to see Spielman go, but they they'd have to tank pretty bad, I think. Like, because I I at this point, I think ultimately, I think it's something where like if Cousins gets to like you know once like the third day of this season happens or whatever, then he's locked in for like we have to pay him for two seasons at that point. Like he's locked in for that amount of money regardless. So like, yeah. we, it's either we get rid of Cousins right now or he's there for two more years. And I feel this, and right. so I feel the same about Zimmer. Basically, like, but on, honestly, and I know this is like pretty extreme. I think we need to win the Super Bowl for Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer to keep their jobs in Minnesota. Like, that's that's the standard yeah. at this point. We got to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so that's where that's just kind of where I think it's at right now. But speaking of Super Bowl, speaking of Super Bowl, let's talk about that. Um, anyone, I feel like, I feel like we're the poor kids talking about the rich kids right now, because it's like, we want to get to the Super Bowl so bad. And it's just like, it's just, yeah. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, like, Oh my God, whatever. So if anyone, if anyone has this last time, I'll bring it up. I don't think I've said it in the last like two hours. If anyone has any super chats or donations, let us know. We will we will still deep dive on anything you have to say or any questions that you have, um, and especially if it has to do with the Super Bowl because we're gonna give our predictions right now for the show. Um, dude, that's how I do feel like that. Like I mean, oh, uh, it's I mean. And knowing that, like Tom Brady showed you how easy it is to get there. And we can't get there, right? Like, you get the Redskins, garbage team that has a good defensive line. But, like, their quarterback situation is just in shambles. He's playing against a guy that was in uh, the Canadian League in the playoffs, right? They win that game, yeah. right? Then they go to the Saints, and Drew Brees' arm is a noodle. The guy can throw only 15 to 20 yards tops the defense helps them win that game and they go then they go to green bay tom brady throws three interceptions but aaron Rodgers plays worse 
and the Green Bay makes questionable calls. And the son of a bitch is in the Super Bowl again. And, like, that never happens. Like, when I, when the Cowboys are, like, in their prime, they're ready, all that, we get prime Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay, and he picks us apart to pieces. Like, Tampa Bay didn't have to play the very best right up front, but they just found ways to just coast on through. And this is what... This is the key here, Stephen. This is what we have to okay. do. We have to get in the playoffs every single year, and eventually luck will find our way. That is the key to it all. If if the Cowboys are always one and none, one and none, one and none, 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 one, like, no. You need to be consistently good and get in the playoffs every year, and eventually luck will find your way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I I think the I think the Vikings used up a lot of their luck for the next you know decade on that Minnesota miracle, and then they dropped yeah. the ball in the next round. But like, I mean, and that was another them. thing too. Like, they could have played in Minnesota in the Super Bowl at home, and now t- go figure, Tampa Bay, Tom yep. Brady, the very first to do it, like. That man, just whatever. I'm done fighting about it. It just is what it is. He's just the anomaly. It's the weirdest thing in the world, (laughs) whatever. Things just go his way, you know. And that's why it's hard to pick against him, right? But I'm going to. I got the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win. But, man, Tom Brady. I don't know. I'm taking Tampa Bay. And what I hate, too, too about Tom Brady is, like, it's not like this guy went to some scrub team, right? Like, they have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, and Ronald Jones at running they, back. But they got, like, they're but they got most good. of them after Brady. Like, he was like, hey, go get all these guys. Like, I'm here now. Let's go get all these yeah. guys. Yeah. Yep. And, then, and then it's like... Carlton Davis has been a lockdown corner for them. And then Antoine Winfield Jr. has been a damn good safety that I know you wanted. I wanted one. I wanted him to like, they just, this team is loaded. This team is loaded. So it's not like Tom, it's, it's just Tom Brady. Yeah. There's a big difference between Jameis Winston and Tom Brady, but like the, Damn it. He just figures it out. I don't know what to say. I just, I'm over it. I just, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, here's an interesting stat that I found out about. Tom Brady has never scored a touchdown or the Patriots, anything. His team has never scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Wait, what? Only three points in every Super Bowl. In every Super Bowl. He's never scored a touchdown in the first quarter. That's hey, I might I've I've got a I'm on some uh some Super Bowl squares. Um and yeah. my my squares are 3 and 3. So that's that's a good that's good to know. Like yeah. if they start off with yeah, 3. Yeah, so he's never done that and then here's my thing. If the Chiefs score a touchdown right off the bat and then Tom can't score another touchdown and then the Chiefs score another touchdown, I mean, all of a sudden they're down 14 points. But the Super Bowl is going to be a home game. Like, yeah, there's going to be people that travel and stuff, but a lot of these people are going to be local. Like, 7,000 of them are just local uh, EMTs and stuff. Like, they've been, you know, nurses and stuff. So it's going to be local, 
And there's going to be a lot of fan support. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm going with the Chiefs, but, man, I hate Tom Brady. I hate him. <laughs> but I respect him. At this point, I just, there's nothing you can do. Like, I'm just over him. I'm over Tom Brady. You know, he's 43 years old. Let somebody else eat. This is his 10th Super Bowl out of his 20 seasons that he's played. So half the time he's been in the NFL, he's gone to the Super Bowl. This is nonsense. I, I mean, I just look at it like, because I am going to take Tampa Bay to win because, like, Brady's a winner, man. Like, he gets, he figures it out. He gets a, he gets the job done. Like, I mean, it's... And it's funny, right? Because, like, Bill's a diehard Chiefs fan. You know, we he, he was born in Kansas. We grew up in Kansas. And, like, that's his team. And he thinks that Tom Brady doesn't have a prayer. He thinks they're just going to smash oh, no. them. Like, and I'm just like, Bill, I'm telling you, like, it, it could happen. Like, no, like we, you know, Tyreek Hill had like uh, 200 yards on them in like in the second quarter, like we're going to destroy them. There's nothing they can do. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, teams learn from previous experience too and like to me if you can eliminate Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey that's the way you've got to beat the Chiefs Mahomes is is just dangerous but I will take my chances of Mahomes throwing to Hardman or Demarcus Robinson or Sammy Watkins or whatever but like Hill I've never seen anyone like Hill I'm blown away by Hill. Like, I've never seen anybody faster, more explosive. Like, that guy is just unbelievable. And the reason that the Chiefs even have him is because he beats women and kids. Because he, he he's only $50 million. There's no way they could afford him on a $100 million contract. But they got him on the discount. So it, they, they were able to work the system. Same with, like, yeah, Antonio Brown and everything. I mean, like, yeah, like uh, normally Antonio Brown, you're not getting him for one million dollars, <throat> but this you are. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a good it's a it's a good matchup. Like I it's like I can't hate on Tom Brady. I just can't do it. Like I, I'm just I'm I have to give him credit. Like it's even yeah. even when you're when you look at like what Peyton Manning did with the Broncos, for instance, like that was really impressive. But he didn't do it the first year there. Like, it was, like, you know, a couple seasons. Then Peyton Manning with the Broncos won a Super Bowl. But, like, Tom Brady literally comes in and just first year, boom. like First year. First I mean, year. And, and they didn't even make the playoffs it's, last year. I mean, it's like there's... And in a completely different conference, right? You know, like, he's always played the AFC. He goes to the NFC one year and just like, okay. But I think a lot of that, too, is, like, the coaches not having the egos and just letting Brady do what he knows is going to work. Like, apparently yeah. they just hand him the clipboard in, like, the fourth quarter when, like, the game's closed. They're just like, all right, Tom, like, you know better than our coaching staff does. Like, you see what's going on on the field. Like, go, you know, do what you think's going to win. That's so smart to do because so many coaches will try to prove their merit and be like, no, we know better, you know. But at this point, Tom has seen it all. He's seen every defense, you know. Like, it's just and, – and the interesting thing is, but here's another thing that, that you got to think about. Spagnola was the defensive coordinator for the Giants both times the Giants beat the Patriots. Oh, that's a good point. And he is the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's that's a really interesting layer to that. So hmm. Tom has definitely seen that defense before, but he hasn't had a lot of success against it. So that's another interesting point. So it, it's a good matchup, though. I mean, it definitely is a good matchup. And, like... 
I don't really want to see the Chiefs win just because, like, it, it's just unfair because I now Bill has won two in a row, and, like, it's just, like, I and he's going to probably win way more, and I just uh, am over it already. But I really don't want to see Tom Brady win. I'm just – I'm so <laughs> over that. So it is what it is. I'm, I think the Chiefs are I, – I think that the Mahomes-Kelsey-Tyreek Hill – machine with honey badger at safety chris jones at defensive line like i just think that they're a better team and they'll figure it out yeah we'll see what happens but i will say this tom brady is not gonna fold under pressure like josh allen right like the bills were up 10-0 and then as soon as like the tide came in like they were like yeah we're done (laughs) but like that would not be tom brady tom brady would be like Okay, it's third quarter with seven minutes left. If I can score within the first three minutes on this drive, then we can still the the defense gets us the ball back. Like it's already in his head. Yeah. Like this is what I need, you know. Because Romo was like that too. Like if you gave Romo five minutes and down two scores, he would figure out how he could get down there and win. And like that's that's the way that Tom Brady thinks. So it's just a different dynamic. He's never gonna think the game is over. So that's that's my biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, my prediction is Tampa Bay gets the job done and we see Tom Brady lay a giant kiss right on his son's lips right right after the game, just right in the mouth. And it's like spit yeah. come off. It. Right, that's the whole yes. night. And who cares? Who's going to say anything? Because it's Tom Brady and he's won freaking seven Super Bowls. Um, we did get a Super Chat. If anyone has any last-minute Super Chats or donations, feel free to send them on over as we're kind of wrapping this up. Um, this is unrelated to football, um, and that's fine. Edward Laurent, Edward Eduardo Laz, Lozano. Jeez, I had a hard time with that. Eduardo Lozano, thank you very much for your super chat. He says, how do you think Loki would do in MMA? Oh, man. I mean... I think if he would have started from, like, the very beginning, like, I think that he's a hell of an athlete. Like he's a hell of an athlete, and he he likes to be stiff. So, um, I think he would have been decent. I don't know about like world champion or anything, but like I think he would have got some fights, especially back then. Like if if like Loki in '04 yeah. decided to do MMA, like I think he could have made some hay. Yeah, I think in Loki's mind, he's been doing MMA this whole time. Um, I. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, this the other the other guys aren't aware exactly. Of it yet. This is a, his opponents have their hands <laughs> down with their chins out, and he's whacking. Yeah, and he, he just obliges. <laughs> but now I, um, I have I have heard Daniel Bryan like in old interviews, like back like early two thousands interviews, where Daniel Bryan would talk about like, you know, how low key is. Like, he basically puts over how just incredibly uh, talented Loki is, like, with his striking and the stuff. He never says, like, he's, like, going to be this MMA star or anything, but he does put him over even the way, even all the way back then is, like, this is a guy <clears throat> similar to me, you know, limited by by his height and stuff, but has worked so damn hard to make the style he's made that, you know. So I do respect him from that degree, but then there also is that other side of it of all the stories of people just, like, getting stiffed by him, so... <clears throat> stiff not wanting to job all that stuff yeah um but yeah I, I, the, the the athletic ability is definitely there though and he's he's 
you know, he's he's one of those like like if AEW brought in low key to wrestle Kenny Omega, like I would be excited for it still to this day. Like he's still a guy that you would look forward to his matches, but like he's uh he's just been a different dude. I don't know. I don't know how to he he he's almost like a Diego Sanchez yeah. like like he lived in a different <laughs> reality. Like, you know. Yeah, for sure. But but he you know, like him, Davey, Kyle O'Reilly, Daniel Bryan, I could have seen all of them go into MMA and, and do pretty well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with, uh, you know, Loki's been wrestling in MLW lately. He's been looking good, though. Like, he's had some good matches with Tom yeah. Lawler and stuff. Like, um, which is, that that's always interesting for me to see. It's like, okay, Loki versus Tom Lawler. I like this matchup because if Loki goes for anything, like, Tom Lawler's legit as hell. So it's like, that's... Yeah, he'll yeah, yeah, right like back. that's gonna be no problem for a guy like Tom Waller. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know. You know, back in the day, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, uh, Leona Machida, like they all lived together and like trained together and stuff, which is like crazy to think about. You know? Yep, like Daniel Bryan betraying Extreme Couture. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mox has been training at uh the Extreme Couture in yeah. Vegas. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, man, have you, did, did you watch that Moxley movie? No, a movie where he's like the cage fighter. No, I haven't. Is it any good? Dude, it's wild. So basically he's a pro wrestler, but like, it, it would be like if CM Punk got to challenge the champion and win the oh, title. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So like if CM Punk decided that he wanted to fight, um, well, so you Brock. The story of Brock Lesnar. A kind of, but like the 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 guy that's the champ is kind of like uh, always been the superstar and never really struggled with anyone and just like you know like John Jones is almost, and then like the psychotic, uh, unhinged guy comes in there and just beats the piss out of him and becomes champion, which is John Moxley. And then like the whole movie is like, do I still have what it takes and whatever to try to set up for the rematch to fight John Moxley at the end. Mm-hmm. But it's like MMA and it's, it's definitely, it's not like so low budget. It's not watchable, but like, it's very, very unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I probably won't watch it, but like Chuck Liddell is his trainer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Even better. And, like, he he stops listening. It's not Moxley's trainer. It's the other guy's trainer. And he stops listening to Chuck Liddell. And Chuck Liddell's like, you know, you could still do this. Like, yeah, it's it, – it is totally, like, your straight-to-video movie. But there's so many, like, names in it that you kind of have to watch Oh, it. speaking of that, have you seen that clip of Tyron Woodley in that – ti movie oh oh yeah getting, his, getting yeah. his junk destroyed by a raccoon yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. woodley that's that's where it's did at did you ever did you ever watch the marine five i think it was i've never watched any of the <laughs> movies dude i kid you not i really feel like becky lynch <laughs> created the character the man from that movie and she's a bad guy in it and she has that the man attitude before the man came out. Mm. Like, I really think that that was the catalyst. Not only that, 
The Miz and Shawn Michaels are like best friends in that movie, <laughs> and they're like war buddies from back in the day. And like Shawn Michaels is like the co-main event co-star. Like it's him. So the movie is basically Miz and Shawn Michaels versus Becky Lynch. And if if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what yeah. does. Because that's you're talking, you know, guns and everything against Becky Lynch with Shawn Michaels and the Miz. Like what? Yeah. Who came up with that? That sounds almost as good as uh John Morrison wrestling like terriers. Because I'm pretty. You want to hear the spoiler though? Of what the Marine? Yeah. Oh yeah, go for it. The Miz gets killed. They, the, the Miz gets killed, and Shawn Michaels ends up, you know, beating Becky Lynch, and then he's the he's the lone survivor, and then they have like this tribute package of the character of the Miz at the end with like this sad song, and like that's how it ended. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, the Miz gets shot. Shit. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. That's not how I expected that movie to be. No, I didn't either. Just like. Dude, the Tyron Woodley thing is so funny to me because, like, that guy won the title. And, and by the way, he is going to get his ass kicked by Vicente. Oh, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Like, what what are we doing? Like, what, what, what are we doing? Dude. It's over. That guy, he is, like, I could talk about having nothing, like, in common with Diego Sanchez and all this stuff. I think my least favorite UFC fighter ever is Tyron Woodley. Like, like I like this guy. I have never seen a guy that believes that he is owed so much by giving so. That's what little. I'm saying. Like, like he he became the number one contender by a guy not making weight. Yeah, that's right. Because he because he beat Condit because Condit's leg like he he kicked Condit's leg a yeah. bunch and then yeah he was supposed to have a fight. Condit tore his ACL. Right. right. And then he got on top of him and, and finished him off. And then he got to fight. He was supposed to fight Johnny Hendricks in Houston. Yep. I was looking forward to it. And the guy in Johnny Hendricks couldn't make weight. Right. And Woodley didn't but fight Tyler anyone. Woodley made weight. So they made him basically like the victor. And then he sat out and for then, like over a year or whatever. And then he becomes champion. And then it was like nobody was worthy to fight yeah, him. Yeah, he trying to fight the Diaz brothers. Like, and, dude, yeah. you... <laughs> You got the title shot from a guy that decided not to make weight. Like, what? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, I, I have to fight a Diaz brother or Connor, whatever. GSP. And then, and then whenever – what killed me, what killed me is when he had that snooze fest of a fight with Damian Maya. And then he said that fans don't need uh, – fans like that are upset because they don't know what lateral movement mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. I don't pay to see your lateral movement. I pay to see a fight, and you didn't want to fight. Yeah, yeah. There was all all, all of his interviews. She's very entitled. Like, I mean, I was there in Atlanta, and then, and then, like, he talked all that trash on Colby, yeah. and he just let Colby whoop his ass. Yep. Like five rounds, just no, like. Nothing. He didn't win one round. He didn't win one round against uh, Burns. He didn't win one round against Usman. He didn't win one round against Colby. Like, it's over. Yeah. Yeah, I was there in Atlanta when he knocked out Robbie Lawler. And obviously that was impressive. Son of a... That, that made me and sick. Then, yeah. And Robbie's yeah. never been the same since. Right. Right. And, uh... And, uh... 
Yeah, all the stuff with Woodley yeah, just it's just so unlikable. Like he, I remember he put out his rap album the day after Usman beat him. Like it was scheduled to be like this big like, oh yeah, I'm gonna set this up to where like I retain the title against Usman. Then my album comes out the next day and like it's gonna blow up and people are gonna be so stoked on me being the champion. And like half the songs are like lyrics about him being the world champion and all this stuff. And then it comes out the day after he loses. And now and then and then he's doing like this stuff. Like for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there is a scene in a movie. Don't know what the movie's called. It's it, Ti is like probably just he's in the scene. I'm I'm assuming Ti is like the star of the movie. And Tyron Woodley literally gets his dick mangled and like destroyed by a raccoon. Like that's what his role in the movie is. It's like generic henchman number five who gets his dick destroyed by a, a raccoon in front of the the bad guys it was like the it's a it's a it's pretty uh pivotal role yeah you know? real top guy over there um yeah i mean i just i just can't get behind it it's just bad you know he's scrubbed the internet of most of his rap like most of the his music videos and stuff, you just can't find it anymore. Like they've like done everything they can to get it off the internet because he just he was getting really? he was just getting roasted so bad by people that like he pulled most of his music. Like, um, that movie is called Cutthroat City. If you're if you're wanting to watch, <laughs> there you go. It's a real thing. I'm not making this up. Like it's actually what yeah. happens. Cutthroat City. So that's probably a good stopping point. Um, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Tyron Woodley getting his stuff smashed by a raccoon. Yeah. I'm going to talk about our sponsors real quick, and then I'm going to have Doug tell you about, uh, you know, where to find him and all that stuff. So just real quick, want to let everyone know, RussellRumble.com, check it out. Place to be for fantasy pick contest for professional wrestling. The Royal Rumble winner got $1,000. Uh, the second place person got an NWO, NWO WCW replica title. Third place got a white strapped winged eagle wwf title and they gave away three other titles in a raffle too so a ton of cash a ton of prizes over there at russellrumble.com make sure to follow them on twitter at russell rumble to stay up to date with all their contests also shout out to music city toys and collectibles me and doug talked a whole lot about uh, action figures today and music city toys and collectibles is a place that i get a lot of my stuff they're really nice people. They'll give you fair business. They do claim sales and live auctions and stuff on their Facebook. And they are opening a physical location in May. So pretty incredible that their business was going so good during the pandemic um, online that they actually are opening a brick and mortar uh, during this. So I think that's really awesome. And you can check them out on all social media. Just search Music City Toys and Collectibles. And like I said, fair, fair business, good people. They got autographs, DVDs. Uh, action figures, old magazines, anything you can think of. And lastly, my brother Brian Jensen, he is a co-owner of Steel Boxing and Athletics, a gym in Atlanta, Georgia. He works with Parkinson's Foundations. He works with pro boxers, amateur boxers. Um, whether you're learning how to throw hands, get in better shape, if you just want to you know, lose a little bit of weight, learn some self-defense, or if you want to compete, or if you have like a neurological issue or something, Brian's 100% um, certified to help People of all ages, all shapes, sizes, whatever. It doesn't matter. He can help you reach your goals. And the best way to reach him is to hit him up on Instagram. It's BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Hit him up. And just like with all of our sponsors, if you tell them that I sent you their way or if Jesse sent you their way or anyone involved in the show, I promise you that they get a, they, they'll get they give you a really, really, really good deal. Um, my Twitter's Fight Talk underscore. I'll just keep that updated. Um, 
with all the stuff I've got going on. And Doug, his is All Elite Doug. A-L-L-E-L-I-T-E-D-O-U-G-21. And I have his uh, Twitter page up right now. And Doug, please let everyone know, uh, you know about your videos and kind of the rebrand and all that again uh, before we get out of here. Cool. Hey, Steve, you see those those trophies there in that picture? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I wish, I wish the Vikings had one. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, no, like I said, I'm kind of rebranding, so it's called Hit You With The Real. Um, and uh, I've covered, just recently, I covered the Ben Askren and Jake Paul fight. I've covered uh, the um, WWE uh, going to Peacock um for the network and uh, i plan on doing some other stuff i have done chats with uh steve before in those so and i plan on doing other types of chats with other people um i've actually got like a eagles fan that i'm gonna do one with and we're gonna call it um we're, we're gonna we're basically going to just mainly talk about cowboys and eagles and the nfl in general but you know uh there's always news for Cowboys and Eagles and uh, we're going to be uh, friendly enemies. So I'm going to cover that on there too. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and, and I also, you know, I want to welcome people do other chats, like even uh, the guy with star Wars. Like, I think, I think that's a lot of what YouTube could, should be is debate, like just back and forth. And it doesn't have to be everybody that agrees and just have a fun conversation. Um, so yeah, definitely hit me up on, uh, or follow me on YouTube. And, uh, you know, if you like my videos, please like them, subscribe, share all that stuff helps grow the channel. I kind of got to get back in this Google, um, get, get Google to promote me again, because back in the day, that's what, one of the main reasons we took off so much. So like the videos and uh, I'll keep coming out with more content. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We've been going for... What, like three hours or so? Three and a half hours? I don't even know. Yeah, something like that. We always do. But it's always fun. Like, we have so much to catch up on every time. Um, So, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this. Make sure to smash that like button. Hit the subscribe button. uh, And make sure you're following on social media. Because that's when... uh, That's usual. I usually don't have much of a heads up on, like, promoting shows. It just kind of depends on schedule and stuff. So, if you're subscribed, you get notified. If you're following on Twitter, I try to put links out. And... You know, obviously, Jessie is at home very, very busy right now with her family. So I've got kind of a random, you know, guest coming on. I had Doug. I've had some of my other buddies come on, and I've done some solo shows. So I just kind of stay tuned to what's going on with this channel right now. And obviously, Jessie will be back uh, whenever things settle down a little bit over at her house.